Dude, can I tell you, you know how Amazon's like doing more and more outsourcing of their delivery for Prime so they can deliver shit faster? So, <laughs> yeah, like a week or two ago, Beth goes to me. You're not gonna believe it. She's like, I was, I was what, taking the dogs out and like I'm cleaning up the dog poop and I look over and there's a package next to our bushes. I'm like, what's like, some guy just delivered a box for you like and left it next to our bushes. I was like, that is fucking so <laughs> I get home tonight and had let, let the dogs out. And they're peeing. I look down next to the stone walkway in the corner of our house, like seventy feet from our front door or our garage. Like where we park, where Vince and I park. Yeah, dude, a little little box. It's it's, it's tarantula. <laughs> it's tarantula, dude. It could have been there for a week. I have no idea. <laughs> I want to see it until you guys come back for the next con. That's I swear to you, I, it, the, the, the cardboard was all soft and moist and probably sitting out in the rain or whatever. Oh, I no, was no, like, no, no, no. It's okay, though. The book's okay. But I was like, yeah, what in the holy hell is going on? You really need to get on the, the, the feedback on that. Give them a bad review. Because I usually give Amazon um, a bad review? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, well, you don't think they're going to bounce it back to the second person who was delivering that thing? Sure, they'll get it. They'll get the bad review somewhere, but I would not stand for that shit. A book and outside in the, in the moisture? Fuck that. No way. Yeah. I'd be livid. I don't get livid over much, but you put my paper outside, I'm pissed off. No diggity. But, no doubt. But, but you're not. I'm not livid. No, who are you? Why do you I'm sound like this? Because I'm on assignment down in Bethany Beach. I'm undercover. Uh... This is 11 o'clock comment <coughs> episode 400 and what? 86. What, what number is it? No. What is it? 408? Yeah, okay, you can take that out. <laughs> this is. Because like now it. you're at the like control. I'm going to fuck up all night. <laughs> <laughs> this is 11 o'clock comics episode 486. And I'm Vince B. Oh, shit. Yes, you are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. And I am, of course, Wade Owen Watts, a.k.a. Parzival. No. No, you're not. I didn't hear it, but you're not. <laughs> you're Jason <laughs> You didn't hear it. You mean you didn't no. hear it. I didn't hear it. It got all garbled and shit. Oh, shit. You're Jason Wood, everybody, in the house. Wait, well, you did don't you hear have it, to have... I heard you. Okay. Yeah. Wow, Cluster. You don't have to have crystal clear hearing to get cheap comic books and collectibles i gotta do is go to where david dcbservice.com that's right dcbservice.com because they can get you your stuff get them fast and get them delivered right to your door for a fraction a tiny amount of the retail price this is most likely the last time you're going to hear these yes from uh fanographics you have the anthology they're giving it another stab uh now number one Featuring work from Eleanor Davis, Noah Van Skyver, Gabriel Bell, Dash Shaw, yay, Sammy Harkham, Malachi Ward. This is going to be a, a blockbuster of an anthology. Uh, the cover price is $9.99, but because you're super smart and attractive, you will only pay $4.99. From Dark Horse, this may come up again tonight, maybe. The Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Alien Splice and Dice Trade Paperback. Written by John Lehman, art by Chris Mooneyham. 
cover price seventeen ninety nine. Respect. You can have it for eight dollars and ninety nine cents. That's half off boys' pants. And from Valiant, it's Bloodshot Salvation. Jeff Lemire, Louis LaRosa, Miko Swayan, Kenneth Roqueford on covers. Three ninety nine cover price. Your price, Jason. What are they going to pay? Dollar ninety nine. Exactly one dollar ninety nine cent. Now, discount comic book service. That's DCBService.com. Do not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books delivered right to your door. Unlike what Jason had to go through, they will not leave it in your yard under a bush <laughs> with peat moss around it. Well, not until they get big and bad. As bad as. And bad in no, the cool sense. Bad and bougie. In the, in the Michael Jackson but sense. They're, they're not they're bad. bad. They're getting big. Right. So, DCBService.com. Go there. Or B square. Yes. I gotta say, I got my alert today reminding me that orders are due and I had yet to place my order and dude. That because what? I s I, I did mine at like eight o'clock last night and I saw at the bottom of the uh of the account page that uh, July orders do July 26th. I was like, in before the lock. That's sweet. And now you're telling me that you didn't submit yours yet or just did. Yeah, that no, I, my I, mind. I know. I know. I usually put, I never, I never take that long to do it. But what I was just about to say is that the, the awesome thing about DCBS is they sent me this nice email saying, hey, we didn't get an order from you in case you meant to. Mm-hmm. And it was great because I had honestly, I had just, I'd simply forgotten. I had assumed I had put it in two weeks ago like I usually do. So it was an awesome reminder, and I uploaded my Excel sheet that I filled out two weeks ago, and boom! Loves the. uh, I got an email from DCBS today telling me that uh, the Image Plus Volume Two Number One is not going to be in the next previews that's on its way. Ah, yeah. Why? Uh, It's it's pushed back to September. It'll be in the September previews, not the August previews. Okay. Yeah, I struck out on the Savage Dragon, two twenty five today. Why? Wow, what? What? What cover did you get? I, or you didn't at all? Well, no, I I pre ordered the uh, the regular cover edition, and I thought, you know, while I'm here, I'll check out the shop. There's a a uh, uh, a shop in Bethany Beach called Comics and Gaming, and while I was there, by the way, I hung out with our buddy Ed Quillen. Nice for oh, yeah, nice for easy hour. Eddie. Yeah, an hour or so. So um, no, oh shit. I dropped my wine. Oh well. Oh, no. So, um, yeah, I did. So I uh, I went in and tried to get the. They didn't get it, and it's it wasn't surprising to me that they didn't get it. But I struck out. Was there only one triple X cover, or was there a few? No, it was just one. Yeah, the, the, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't all that special. Well, I liked it. I, I still want it. Oh, of course you do. It's just it. It 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 seemed half-assed. No, no pun intended. I just, if, I, I just, oh. and I didn't. I know. I, 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 the art. Some of it was nice, nice titties, but I just overall it just wasn't. I was like, oh, okay, that's, yay, I guess, cool. But and you know what? I wish you guys would uh, alert me to the really cool stuff because while I was in the shop, mm. they had a bunch of, uh, three to be exact, books from Boom called uh there were the pen and ink editions they had george perez's sirens Mm -hmm. um they had a hit by um vanessa del rey and what Mm -hmm. they are is they're basically art 
best editions of one or two issues of books published by Boom. And they were, they're gigantic. They're, they're, they're um, 11 by 17. They're regular size. They're the same size as the actual artboards. And they're fourteen ninety nine. Like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? What he's offering? No, you're the one you who goes through previews like the first weekend it's out. So I know, but you know what? I be, I'll tell you, there are some publishers that I kind of tiptoe over, and Boom was was one of them. But Big bada boom. not anymore. I mean, these books are they're awesome, and and uh, two issues of uh, regular series. Plus bonus content for fourteen ninety nine. Like, do the math at that size. That's that's money in the bank. But uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe you guys will tell me in the future about these. Yeah, we'll make sure to we'll make sure to do that if you're good. Although you could tell me what you're drinking. Vince. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'm drinking now. Now, yeah. It's a uh, a quarter of a glass of Lambrusco. I don't know who makes it. I just I just filled it up. Okay. I spilled it. I, I, I so I, I may go fill it up while we're while y'all are talking in a second. Spilled on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you drinking, Jason? Well, Dap, since you are our fearless producer this week, while Vince is uh, playing hooky, at least uh, quasi hooky, I promised you that I wouldn't drink seltzer or anything non-alcoholic. I told you I would bring the drink, so I'm about to open it now. Normally, when I do this, mm-hmm. it means I'm drinking seltzer. And then you get all verklempt when I tell you that I'm drinking seltzer. So that that you just heard me open was, in fact, Mama's Little Yella Pills by the Oscar Blues Brewing Company from Colorado. Y'all know that the world is all about these craft beers, which is cool. I thought you were going to say the world is flat. Yeah. No. Uh, well, that too. <laughs> but uh, my, my problem with the craft beers is that I don't like IPAs. Right. And 98% of craft beers are IPAs. So uh, one of my homies who lives out west was cool enough to send me this, which is uh, out of Colorado. This Oscar Blues Brewer is in Colorado, but it is a traditional Pilsner. And it is delicious. Uh, it says made without the usual corn and rice, 100% pure malt, German malts, and Saz hops. And uh, it is five and a half percent alcohol on top of it, and it comes in a dope uh, can that looks kind of like a, uh, ye- a yellow cab. It's black, yellow, and red. Um, highly recommend it. It's delicious. I don't know if it's widely available. Uh, I haven't seen it in my stores. Maybe it's maybe it's making the make, maybe it's making the spread now. I don't know. But either way, um, here you go, Dap. Little little mama's little yellow pills for you. I like it. That's a great setup. Mm-hmm. Um. We were running late on the way home today, had a couple stops to make, so um, grabbed me some Five Guys, and I had to um, hit up a Master Sommelier to find out what goes, what what can I pair with some Cajun fries. So uh, I hit up, um, you may have heard of him, I hit up Scotty Young, and I showed him a, uh, a photo of a bottle that I had in my hand, and I have it for the first time tonight. This is uh, Francis Coppola's mm. Pinot Noir from 2014. Scotty Pinot Noir. Right? It was, uh, it, it is, um, I'm not, I usually don't have the uh, the Pinots, whether they're Noir or especially Grigio, but um, this was, uh, this is pretty good. It was a, a very, very good call, Scotty. Thank you very much. 
Sweet. And he made a good call on that tattoo he just got. Mm-hmm. I know, Alfred E. Newman, right? Dude yeah, gets a tattoo beautiful. and he flies home first class. Well, of course, first class. But mm-hmm. his 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 plane buddy was our buddy, Christina. So that's And who was his plane buddy on the way there? Mr. Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith. Must be nice living that life. Living that life. So, uh, we have tonight our um, our July book of the month, and um, I do not have the Patreon site sets up. So I will. Um, I'm going to look for that uh, and let everybody know what the nominees were. Um, I get you. Hold on. Oh, okay. I got you. One second. Sweet. Here. sweet. Skate, skate. Great, this is great radio. One second. Anyone have any thank yous while we're at it? Yes! Thank you for asking. Wow. Cool. Uh, I just I have actually... a disclaimer before you get into that. Oh, oh okay. go ahead. Yeah, I got a disclaimer that I am not responsible for any of the music that you're going to hear <laughs> during this episode. No, that's fine. That, that That's cool. It's probably just going to be nothing but um, Iron Maiden and Public Enemy. So we're good. Well, I, I can co-sign that. I just, you know, because I didn't hear it. I just want to... No, no, and and no one will hear it until I plug in the uh, the external hard drive into the laptop anyway to find uh, to find some tunes. But um, so who's got to thank you? I do. Um, well, okay. first, huge thanks because this arrived Thursday. It arrived the day after we recorded last week. So, um, bigum thanks to Mr. Dave Jordan. Yes, for thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, this is a two part thank you. For first part, uh, the fifth issue of where do we go from here the mm-hmm. awesome looking valley of ashes and um and now i am happy to say i finally have a copy complete and unabridged which was of course originally presented in a um in the anthology from um uh kingbone press this was um this was uh Originally presented in Kingbone presents numbers four through six. This is Mitts, so I'm I'm glad I finally have this. Uh, I think this may make my Dave Jordan library complete. So um, I I will uh, finish reading Valley of Ashes and and um, comment on that very soon. I also have a thank you. This this came today. This was actually sticking between the um, the storm door and the front door. This. Completely blows me away. Uh, this is from Mr. Uh, Darren Helsel in Portland, Oregon. Uh, there's a note. Uh, Happy Christmas in June or July. Matt Wagner, your favorite, came through town recently to promote Mage Number Zero, and I had him autograph this for you to you. Uh, it is Mage the Hero Denied Number Zero, signed with a lightning bolt. From Mr. Matt Wagner, and it is uh, signed mm-hmm. to King Dap. And wow! That is uh, that. This is going to go somewhere where I uh, will see it quite often. So thank you tons for that, Darren. I really, really appreciate it. I knew that was coming because he hooked so- up. He asked a brother for some uh, your address. <laughs> I'm excited for see, you. Thank you very much. I because uh, I was like, oh, all right. So that that's cool. I because I I've told you guys I don't. You guys can feel them out. You can do the vetting, but I, I have no problem trusting you guys with giving out my address. And, and I know 
Vince content. He was actually super nice. Happened. He reached out to me a couple times, and I was busy. And then he reached out to me a third time, and maybe was thinking that I was ignoring him. So he actually sent me a picture of what he was trying to send you the third time. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Which I promptly wrote back and said, "Oh, here's his address." <laughs> so, oh, and 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 if it wasn't if it wasn't clear. Uh, because I might, I know we're talking over each other a bit here as we get our groundwork. I too uh, need to give the great giant thanks and hugs to Mr. Dave Jordan for the same loot crate that he uh, bestowed upon you. He was kind enough to bestow upon me. Nice. So much, much love to you, sir. I'm guessing I have one too, but I haven't gotten around to. Well, because I'm not home now, but uh, I didn't get a chance to open the packages before I left. It's, so. Yes, it's, it's outside getting moist. Nice. So no, as at. As David suggested, this is drumroll our book of the month. Whoop whoop! And we do the book of the month now as part of our Patreon campaign, which you can find at Patreon, which is p a t r e o n dot com slash eleven o'clock comics, all one word with the letters. I mean, with the numbers one one. So one one o'clock comics, and um, this is our second book of the month. And uh, as Dap was uh, denoting, let's run through what the uh, 10, or was it 11, Dap? 11. 11 11 titles that people had to choose from. Um, The choices were American Flag, Hard Times, Astro City, Life in the Big City, Black Sad, Volume 1, Doctor Strange, The Oath, I Kill Giants, Identity Crisis, Nick Fury vs. S.H.I.E.L.D., Planetary Volume 1, Ronin, Superman for All Seasons, and Telos. And we had an incredible turnout. 91 of our patrons uh, voted for this book of the month, so good on you. And with a impressive 24% of the vote, the winner and the subject of our deep dive this evening is none other than Planetary Volume 1 by Warren Ellis, John Cassidy, and a woman you you newbies may not have heard of named Laura Dupuis, but you may know her and not realize it because Laura Dupuis, shortly after this book came out, got married and became Laura Martin. Yes. Right. (coughs) Excuse me. So what would you all think? Uh, I, um, it was almost like old home week. I, as soon as I started reading it, um, because I, I bought the first two trades, um, from my comic shop at, at the time it was my local, well, not so much local, but it was the comic shop I would frequent, bought the first two trades, um, <laughs> because issue like number seven or eight was the one on the rack. So I, um, I bought the two trades so I could get caught up and then, um, went to eBay to buy the issues that I had missed. So I could then get it as it was sporadically, occasionally coming out and, uh, rarely, but it was, um, and that eBay win also included the preview issue. In in my case, it was, uh, an issue of gen 13, uh, not a preview issue, preview story. Um, which is also included in the first volume all over the world and other stories. Um, but as I was 
when I read the first two trades, loved it. I, I it, it was an incredible world that um, was, I'm not going to say it was self-contained, but it was, I, I was loving everything about it and, uh, and continue to as it would come out every so often. Uh, so reading, rereading, after the 27th issue came out, I think I reread it again once after that, but I kind of ran through it. And um, so I haven't read it in in a few years now, but well over a few years. So um, reading these, these six issues plus just reawakened everything that, that, that I really enjoyed about reading it for the first time. I, um, it is one of my favorite series, uh, pretty much I'd, I'd, I'd say as of right now ever. So, um, I loved everything. I really, really liked everything about it. Uh, rereading it again. That that amazes me because you're rough on Cassidy. Well, and I think maybe this is the reason why. No. <laughs> no, I've, in 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 Dap's uh, opinion, yeah, I think so because this is really great Cassidy, and when David doesn't get really great Cassidy, he calls him out on it. Oh, Cass- oh, I misunderstood you. I thought you meant is- this was the start of of why. Cassidy has a bad repping around here. No, 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 no. This is it's it's perfect. I think the sequentials are great in this this series, and and he has shown us with this what he is capable of, and so that's why Dap doesn't hesitate to call him out when he gives us less than planetary work. Yes, it, it, absolutely, and and I will say as as I was rereading it, there were um, there were some pages that are absolutely stunning. Uh, uh, clearly very close to flawless but then there are a few panels here and there um that uh it, it's slight inconsistencies here and there but this is yes this and and the beginning of, of astonishing x-men that's that's the cassidy that i hold all of his art to and and if you're right you're absolutely right if i do not get planetary or astonishing cassidy on these horrendous covers that we've been getting over the past few years then i i absolutely have no problems about saying you know this this is what i especially if it's a cover if we're not drawing 20 pages of something there is no reason to phone in a cover i'm i'm sorry but uh you know it it's um but yes i'm sorry i didn't mean to to step on anybody no that's all right i i read this stuff as it was coming out and it rereading it now in sequence just cemented the fact that we need these book of the month things uh because reading this as it was coming out i did not appreciate it nearly as much right Mm -hmm. as i as i did reading it in sequence because we read a lot of books to to have this something this special um surrounded by the rest of the noise of whatever month it was that each issue came out it, it didn't do justice to the what Warren Allison Company did because I think it's a really, really special, uh, unique, very important series. Uh, it, it, it just it solidifies the entire Wildstorm universe. Well, just and and this has no bearing on the stories in this the issues in this particular trade. But just to give everybody an idea, um, the uh, the first issue came out in April. 
1999. And then you had, it, it, it came out on a pretty decent schedule for the first few issues. Um, May, June, July, September, November, January, and into 2000. But the series wrapped up all 27 issues when it concluded was cover dated December 2009. So, to Vince's point, yes, if, if you're just reading Planetary when it comes out, or if you were reading Planetary when it comes out, it's, you really are, um, it's, it could be a struggle, you're at a loss, there's, there, it, it, it does nobody any benefit to just read Planetary, it's the first, it's the only thing I read, it's the first thing I read when it comes out, yeah, that's great, so you're going to go months between issues and, and hope you right. remember some of the threads that were left behind three years ago, so... Yeah, and you know Ellis is not going to hold your hand. No, there's no, not no. going to be there. There were no recaps and issues. Well, maybe slight ones if the story kind of spilled over from the previous issue. But there was there's nothing like, hey, remember in issue two when we found this island that was really important. You know, they don't. You have to re, you have to instant recall of all the events that happened before in subsequent issues. It was a tough read to 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 hold on to, especially in ten years, right? Yes, over that period of time. Yes. So no, I, I just I love this series. I want to see uh, hear what Jason thinks about yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, as you guys know, this little different experience for me because I wasn't reading uh, much, if any, DC at the time that this was coming out. Uh, so I was aware of the series, but wasn't wasn't into it. Um, then I read the series after we started doing the show. Uh, in conjunction with the release of The Absolute and loved it, thought it was phenomenal. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, so so I have a much fresher memory of this work uh, in its entirety. I read it in one, you know, one, one, one sitting, meaning over a few days. Uh, and at the time, I had said I thought it was one of the best series I had ever read. And rereading these first six issues, I would, uh, I would echo that again. I think this is a phenomenal series that is one of the one of the series that should be thrown in people's faces when they say that there were no good comics in the 90s. Because there were some phenomenal right. comics in the 90s. Not uh, Outside of the big two, people give some comics credit, but I think when they say no good comics in the 90s, they're often taking a shot at the, at the big two. And, uh, and, and this, for damn sure, was, a, was, a, was, was an example of why you shouldn't make broad, sweeping generalizations like that. Yeah. Well, when we get into it, I thought there was one issue that was a little bit of that had the fat that could be trimmed it was one less than stellar issue in the six so so we'll before we jump in then i will i will say that i think that um this this first six issues are great in totality but i don't think they're the best like if you were to tell me <laughs> carve up the best six issues of this series or six issue chunk this wouldn't be that chunk like i think the, i think the series gets better oh absolutely uh, yeah not, not even the first arc. issue no the first issue is perfect comics okay but i i, I think that uh, and again i i'm i thought this is this is a high bar i'm comparing it against i'm comparing it against it itself i'm saying though that that i think there are future arcs in the planetary run that are better than this first arc or first six issues it's not even fair to call it an arc um okay. but but that's not to say again that it in and of itself isn't worth reading it certainly is right right 
Yeah, there's, it's, so it's a series that uh, that definitely rewards the reader. Like like Vince said, Ellis mm-hmm. isn't going to hold your hand, but everything builds on everything that came before it. So uh, nothing is um, really nothing can be overlooked. And you find out as you get into even this first trade where uh, Vince mentioned the second issue, and there's a panel where you see a soldier's sleeve. That isn't referenced for another issue or two. And if you weren't paying attention in the second issue, uh, it's, I mean, because they say it, you can kind of take it uh, for what it is as a fact. But if you go back and see what they're talking about, it, it's um, it just, oh, yeah, okay. I just need to fucking pay attention when i read this series now so and, and no i like stuff like oh absolutely no i don't i don't exactly i don't want i i like it's it's why i enjoy mysteries it's why i enjoy magic i just i yes i don't you don't need to tell me what's happening as it's happening i i i'd like i like the it, it's the whole sixth sense thing i i enjoy realizing that oh shit that was right there this whole time if mm-hmm. but because it's not like they were purpose it wasn't completely misdirection it was just like hey this is what's happening and for her to just it's not a throwaway comment but if if we didn't realize that snow had noticed it then you know we may not have. It, it's just it all it all it ellis is deliberate and meticulous and smart and and this really i know a lot of people love transmit and um i i enjoy global frequency but for me it, it's very hard for me to think of something better than planetary when it comes to Ellis's great work in my eyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we should preface all this with the disclaimer that planetary is a series that requires a higher than usual level of investment on the part of the rear. Yes. It's not, it's not, um, I don't want to demean anything, but it's it's not your typical uh, serialized big two comic. This is a, a series that builds on the previous issues, and it it gathers steam, and it does not take anything for granted, especially the intelligence of the reader. So you have to jump in headfirst. You have to immerse yourself in this world, or you're not. You're really going to miss out on a lot of the seeds that Ellis has planted along the way. So it's going to take some work. It's not light reading. It's it's. I would say it's akin to maybe Philip K. Dick or William Burroughs. You have to pay attention. You have to get the facts down. You have to completely understand what you're reading before you move on to the next issue. Like yeah. you may, there's an issue with a, a secret space program, and that's that's in issue six. If you just let that fly by and not really grasp what he's trying to do with that, you're going to miss out on subsequent issues because it's important yeah mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. this isn't a series you read on a sunday afternoon on your deck just to no. kill some time this is the kind well, of series where you do, well it's it, this is the kind of series where you need to draw the map on your wall and have the string going through right. this is the right. one this is the series that you really there's you get a lot out of it if you take the time to actually take in what Ellison Cassidy put on the page. Yeah, this is a schedule crushing series. If if you gotta pick the kids up at three and make it to the <laughs> bank before they close and and oh well I'll just read an issue of Planetary no. while I'm waiting for my wife in the car, it's not gonna no, work. Son. That's not no. 
So, so let's, let's 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 get into let's it. Jumping? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's speak on it. Um, I I think the first issue is the absolute jewel in the planetary crown. I don't. I love the first issue. I I think it it gets better, but the the entire package, the first issue is the shit. There's not an issue in the run better than the first issue. <laughs> well, I definitely as I said, I think the first issue is quote unquote perfect comics. It's a great yeah. introductory issue. It it makes you clamor to know more about every single character on the page. Yep. Uh, as you said, it's 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 a stunning rereading it. The, the most startling thing about rereading it is that this is John Cassaday. <laughs> <laughs> because let's be honest, we we talk about him a lot, and there are lots of artists from Salvador La Roca to Paul Delacy to Alex Ross to to. Um, I'm sure, well, you know, but the other guys that we have, we, we will often preface by saying, you know, they used to be able to draw, and then they got, they fell in love with Frodo Ref. Nobody, nobody wears that crown more prominently than, than John Cassidy. Uh, because I think he's gone from someone who drew, in my opinion, two of the best comic series of, of our, you know, of our, of, of our adulthood, and now does images i guess mostly mostly covers but he's done some interiors for star wars and stuff lately that to me are not just blah but 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 bad like legit bad cartooning and i don't understand how the guy could go from this to 17 years later what we see now it's it's absolutely baffling to me well i i i will take his side in the fact that maybe these masterworks burned him out. Maybe. It's not easy, okay. it, you know, to do mm-hmm. 27 issues of planetary but, on the right. level that would, that would, was required of him. So even mm-hmm. and then do astonishing X-Men, uh, you know, I, it's, yeah, it's a job. Um, but astonishing X-Men and planetary, that's not I'll, I'll, typical, typical work. I'll give yes, you Astonishing X-Men because that, that came out on a little bit more, even though it was Joss Whedon writing it, that came out on a little bit more of a regular schedule. But 10 years for 27 issues. If you were just if you just stopped at Planetary, I, I'd probably take issue with, with that statement. But when you add Astonishing... And yes, so, so 27 issues of this uh, plus the one shot with Batman... Uh, Oh, which is great. It is yeah. absolutely great. And he I mean he he put a lot into that between between the Adam West and 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 the Dark Knight version. It that was a beautiful book. I enjoy that a lot. Um but the 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 twenty seven issues of this plus then the did, did he stop at twelve or did he go beyond twelve issues of Astonishing? But but I think it was twelve. So there's yeah. a couple of years of that, or, or a year and change of that because it wasn't monthly. Um, so yes, I mean over, and it's not like he went from this right to uh, actually astonishing. When did Astonishing X Men come out? I'm I'm lost on the years because but he was probably working on Astonishing X Men one and and then finished this at the same time. So yeah, I'll, yeah. I'm not I'll trying to be the the cast no, apologist. It, it's fine. I'm just saying when you when you rang the bell as resoundingly clear as he did with Planetary and Astonishing X Men, I give him a little bit of leeway because there aren't a whole hell of a lot of guys in the business that have produced work on the level of Planetary. And I'll give him Astonishing X Men too. 
Oh, but, I, oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh, we're, we're up to Astonishing X-Men number 18 was torn, part six. So he went he went into the second year of Astonishing X-Men, and that has a cover date of 2004. So he was working on both, or mostly Astonishing during this time. But yes, he was still working on Planetary, I guess, whenever Warren was getting him a script. But to your point, yes. So I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, it just seems like I, I totally agree with both of you. It just seems like his investment in the medium has dwindled over the years where he's mm-hmm. not, he's not pushing to reach that finish line any better, stronger, faster than he did on previous work. So, okay, I'll, I'll give him that. But, um, so little rundown on the first issue. Uh, we have a group led by a mysterious, uh, wealthy benefactor known as the fourth man. Uh, name of the group is called planetary. And what they do is they are um, superpowered investigators that are trying to uncover the secret history behind uh, evolution, humanity. What has happened over the years that uh, the, the black op stuff, the secret projects, the unheard of, the, the hushed whispers that they are trying to uncover, all of that information. Why? Well, you learn why as the series goes on. But... Um, we're introduced to Elijah Snow, who, as the series opens, is kind of um, a dirty, stinking recluse who spends all his time in a in a dive, you know, uh, drinking bad coffee and eating uh, greasy food. And um, Yakita Wagner is it Yakita? That's how you pronounce it, Yakita. I think in my mind, I kind of I, I pronounce the J, but it's fine. I'll yeah, I pronounce the J as well. I don't. I have no idea if, if that's right, though. Okay. Well, um, Ms. Wagner is. Uh, I I would compare her to Fairchild from Gen Thirteen. She's extremely powerful. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. Uh, impervious and invulnerable and uh, all that. Um, uh, she's she's the the muscle uh, and the. The uh, I would give her she's the brains of the group in some instances too, but uh, she she kind of recruits Elijah and come on I got a, a proposition for you I want to show you something and she uh, ushers him into the group but Ellis being Ellis he can't just leave it at that hmm. the the first issue also features a beautiful commentary on the the pulp. Heroes. There is a secret society of superheroes that um, have built a quantum computer, and through that computer, they uh, attract the attention of an alternate reality Justice League, which ports over, which kind of ports over to our dimension, well, the the Wildstorm universe, and summarily proceeds to destroy all of the uh, the pulp characters uh, you had um analogs of doc savage fu manchu tarzan uh g8 uh operator um what's his name operator five i think and um tom swift is in there <clears throat> sorry but that's the ellis angle where in reality the pulps were going strong up until World War II when comics kind of overtook them and made them obsolete. 
So for the Justice League to come in, analogs of the Justice League, to come in and destroy these pulp characters, that's Ellis <laughs> saying, yeah, as kiddies, you had all these characters. Doc Savage was selling millions of copies, and got named Superman came along and totally destroyed him. And if you look at the pairings in the battle, yep. it's Doc Savage versus Superman. You know, it's um, the, the Batman, Batman character versus the Shadow. It, well, it's an it's an amalgamation of the Shadow and the Spider. It's not just the Shadow. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it, it it's entirely fitting that Ellis would do that um, because the, the characters are important. That there was once this this group of, of superheroes that no one knew about, operated in secret, patched into this the snowflake. Through a quantum computer, they they, they they knew about the snowflake, which is all realities, like this lattice of all realities in 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 totality, all of them. And so now there's something beyond what they know. And the superheroes come in and just kill everybody and beat the shit out of Doc Savage. <laughs> or Doc Brass, sorry. But, I mean, that's, that's basically the first issue. It, it opens the door into... I, I love the way that Ellis kind of set the tone in that everything about the first issue is secret. Planetary's a secret organization. The, the, the group of pulp heroes that banded together, they did it on the sly. Secret organization. They knew about the snowflake, and they're the only ones that knew about that. Like Everything is clandestine. Everything is secret. Everything is shrouded in mystery. That's the whole damn series, right? And It is, and I didn't... Even when Snow is telling Wagner, okay, so... Now I know why there are three choppers, you know, one for us, one for the medics, and what's in the third? She's like, not telling. And she, she says that throughout a lot, throughout the entire first issue, right. where, you know, we, who's the fourth man? Don't know, never bothered to ask, or what happened to the, what, what happened to the, to the other third man who I'm replacing? Because you always, you find out that Planetary is a three-man team. Uh, there's always three, and the third is, um, is introduced briefly in this series, in the first issue is, uh, is the drummer. But, uh, you know, when Snow is asking well, what happened to the guy I'm replacing, what happened to, to the other third man, she's like, as soon as we figure it out, I'll, I'll let you know. So, and it's not, at no <laughs> point, at no point was I reading this first trade thinking that either, you know, they're making it up as they go along or this is bullshit. This was, it. I, I wasn't annoyed by any of the secrets. I, I was pretty much hooked after the first few pages, so... I was going all in along for the ride to see it play out as it was coming out. I don't know if you know, we, we're we're in in and this is ninety nine this is nineteen ninety nine when this series kicks off, and here we are two thousand seventeen. Everything's social media. I don't know, you know, in this day and age when we have so many people who want to know everything, feel they're entitled to know everything now, but want to know. How do we get from point A to B without actually enjoying the journey? They just need to know we're going to be here. I need to know how we get there. And and for this to just say, I'm in charge. I'm telling you this story as I'm telling it to you. You don't. It, it, it's like Shaken's essay a couple weeks ago where he's like, you know, this is this is the story I'm telling. You can come along for the ride, but you're not telling me how to get there. And And for... For the character, as well as the writer, but for the character to say, shut up, you'll find out when you need to find out, I 
Right. I, I was not, it, at no point was I put off by any of this going, you know, well, this is bullshit. I need to know if, if I'm going to keep spending money on this series, I, I need some payoff. I, this was one of those things where I was just like, fuck it, take my money and I'm going to take the story in as well, you're telling it. Well, you know what? I think it's important to mention that there, there is a payoff with every issue because they're basically more often than not, they're done in ones. Yes. So you do get yes, I think that's a right. cohesive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a self-contained You're a story, yes. more or less story based on previous and or future events, but there, there is a payoff to every issue. Yes. It's just that the, there, there's also a carrot on a stick in yep. the overall mystery. You, you have to have faith in Warren Ellis. If he mentions something, it's important. Yes. Like, this is not um, senior year. Will this be on the test? Everything's on the test. It is the test. In planetary. Yeah. Yeah. So if he mentions it, it's worth remembering. Or if if there's something in a panel that you don't understand, you think it may be important, chances are really good that it's going to be. And and before before I get we hear from Jason, I, I, I heard you laugh. And yes, there is, as I'm reading this trade and, and things are being said, I'm reminded of certain things that play out in future issues. So yeah, for Snow to ask, you know, who's the fourth man or what happened to the other third man? And, and, and for, as long as you keep reading it, everything, you, you'll get an answer for it all. But I, that's another reason why after I read this, I said to myself, I need to read the next 21 issues. I, I need to finish this again. Same. And, and yes. quickly. I don't want to dawdle. I don't want to read it like same. As, on the same schedule when it was coming out. I need to keep going with it because there's so much in here that I'm enjoying knowing what's to come. But now, it, it, it's again, it's one of those things where, you know, n- n- now that you see how we got there you'll be able to enjoy it a little bit more knowing more about it. So, uh, yeah, no, like, and, and yeah, like you just said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to finish this series within the next couple of, uh, well, maybe not the next couple of weeks, but I'm going to finish it again soon. I think I'll join you. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. have to. So Jason, what did you think of the awesome pulp characters in the first issue? <laughs> well, you just stole my thunder, Dick. I was about to say, <laughs> You must love the fact that I acknowledge this was perfect comics when this (laughs) is all about the Pulps. And in preparation, since this is Book of the Month and we need to bring it, uh, on WarrenEllis.com, he has lots of commentary about about this book. Nice. And Mm -hmm. he actually sent, um, he sent Cassidy a picture of the Pulp character's that he wanted him to make analogs of. And so, uh, and actually gave little character bios about each. So, uh, as you said, Dr. Brass, obviously Doc Savage, no question. Um, Hark it was Fu Manchu. Yep. Uh, Ed- Edison was Tom Swift. Uh, his lordship, the Jungle King, was obviously Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Um, the millionaire was the spider, not the shadow. He, he makes no mention of the shadow, actually. So I, I don't know if, if Cassidy decided to combine them. I agree with you. When I was reading the comic, I thought it was the shadow. Same so. here, yeah. Um, the aviator uh, was G eight, and yeah. Jimmy was Operator five. Oh, all great characters. So, 
Uh, yeah, man, listen, uh, like you said, th- this this lays the groundwork for what we're in for with this whole series, which is this wonderfully nuanced meta-commentary. Uh, and, um, you know, from, again, when this... The, the idea that, 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 that Doc Brass has been awake guarding this place since the 40s, when, as you noted, is when the pulp characters essentially fell from prominence... Uh, at the expense of of the Justice League is just brilliant stuff. It's so wonderful. Um, And and again, that's that's just the first example of of dozens upon dozens of these interconnected little factoids that are based on the history of comics. So it's just tremendous work. Not not the first or the last time you're going to encounter it in uh, Planet Earth. And and you know, when when I do think of Ellis, and, and yes, he's written superhero comics, he's written x-men he's written fantastic four he's 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 written superhero books but i don't really think of him as a comic book historian the same way i would you know more or even bendis or 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 jason aaron there ellis is more of the um real world dabbling in the sciences that actually exist and and can actually exist tomorrow and not just so far-fetched. And for him to reference and poke fun of or mock or just, or, or use as, as a blueprint of the characters in planetary, it it's, it's another layer of, of why I enjoy this because I don't, I don't really think of Ellis as a superhero writer, but the fact that superheroes do play a pretty big part in in planetary from time to time um it's just it's he's he may not have have um he may not be writing anything super stellar these days of it for for some people but uh there this this is this is why I'm always going to give him the benefit of the doubt and and check out what he's going to be writing I may not love the subject matter or, or the characters or, or stick with it for long, but I am definitely going to check it out. Yeah. I think he was so on fire in the, in the initial uh, part, the, the, the first half of his career that I think it did it actually did him a disservice because right. Transmetropolitan yeah. mm-hmm. planetary, um, like you stack up those, those first few like wow books that he had and that he made a name on these books and that name is very important because when when your your readership expects that level from you and then over time you don't deliver oh ellis is a has-been and like his his recent stuff if you compare them to the, the comics uh the writers of comics at large I don't think he suffers by comparison. I think he's still a great writer. It's just that he has not been able to produce a planetary mm. or a transmetropolitan. Right, since. right. And it's a, yeah, it's a really high right. bar. Yeah. Oh, it is. His work's not bad. I mean, look, look after what? Where, where did he go after these books? He went to freaking Avatar. Like I love Avatar. But yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know, you're not driving the Porsche. At Avatar, you're 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 just like Doctor Sleepless was good, and Gravel was good, but they're not great. No. They're not great books. They're not they're not career making books. They're they're perfectly readable and, and enjoyable and fun, but they're not planetary. No, you know, and they're not transmet. 
it's, I think these these two series just bit him on the ass early on. It sucks being great. <laughs> you have to live up to it. Right. Well, and and let's be fair. He he didn't go to Avatar right after all this. I mean, I mean that was no, but I mean, talking I mean, about the early aughts into the late. I mean, the to the decade later. But uh, he did Global Frequency, which Dap is very fond of. Yes, it's good. Yeah, I, I like Global Frequency too. But and I certainly think it's better than the stuff he did at Avatar. Sure, mm-hmm. but. It, yeah, he did a long run, a long run on Stormwatch, which was, you know, which again, yes, is and related to this, yeah, and it, it it is it's, and you could say it, it's definitely in in that superhero vein. Um, mm-hmm. I know he he did Strange Killings, which I did not read, so I have no but opinion that's, on that. But that's Avatar, right? No, that's Avatar. no, dude, Avatar didn't exist in in four, did it? Oh, you're right. It is. God, yeah, after it's been around that long. Up. Yes, yes, yes. Wow, yeah. I have no idea they were around that long. Uh, but I stand new, corrected, Vince. New Universal. Right. Um, he, uh, Fantastic Four. Right, which and that's yeah. So, which is why I have those those first twelve issues of of that Ultimate Fantastic Four because of that. And and he um, the uh, not for the Great Lane. I'm sorry. No, no, my friend. No, you don't have the Great Lane. And then I came back to Ultimate Fantastic Four when <laughs> Carrie and uh, and and Ferry were drawing it, but. Um, the, uh, no, the fell, which you guys love, right? The fell was fantastic, and and uh, there was um, he uh, son of a bitch. It was oh well, Moon Knight. He he brought basically Moon Knight back, and and I I enjoyed that, um, and that was. But would you call all those? Would you call all those books great? No, no. no you're. I mean, you, no. you you know, there's no disputing what you said. I mean, he he ended up doing in a short period of time. He did three. All time classic runs. Uh, yes. So, yeah. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. He yeah, it's hard to set a high bar. Let's talk about the second issue. Yes. Sure. Yeah, I love the cover because the cover has subtitles. I I I enjoy. I I don't. As as I'm going to reread the series, I'll see if any any covers really. Um, I'm not a fan of, but I I think the way that. Uh, that just about every cover is is an homage to whatever story they're they're referencing or uh, wants you to learn more about. I I love that that little tweak because it's not just it, it's not a generic trade dress cover. It's not just here's the title, here are the characters of the book on the cover. Um, it's it's almost like it it's it's supposed to be somewhat of of a pulpy dime novel action packed grab your attention style cover because you have action terror fun and it's and, and it, those are all subtitles you have the characters running away from from a a dinosaur skeleton more or less and and the guy running away in the front in the forefront screaming in japanese with the subtitle i think we shall run and that that kind of sets the tone for at least these particular characters um for the rest of the issue, but but the covers, the covers are not throwaway designs. The covers aren't meant to just be glanced at and, and just so you can get to the inside. I, I think the covers definitely play a part in in the overall uh, aesthetic and appeal for me uh, for the series. True, true that. But I, I know we're about to jump into the the second issue, but I just did want to make one more mention. It's in my notes that that another testament to Cassidy is. Um, I think a lot of the criticism from 
most people, ourselves included now, is the way he does figures and how all his faces look the same. And he's fallen in love with Poser, and so his figures look very stiff. But we forget that a lot of the work that, that Cassidy did in this book, too, was about the 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 more creative aspects of storytelling, which you don't see as much. And the ish, the page in the first issue where we see the... Um, where we first see the snowflake. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And Laura, credit to Laura Martin as well, obviously, because her coloring there is what... It's a, fra- it's a multicolored fractal, so clearly the coloring is what, what ultimately gets that, that job done. But... But but it's a beautifully laid out and and and, and visually stunning splash page and it's uh, if, for no panels and it's great. The snowflake yeah. is is the important thing because Hark is just in the shadows. It, it, you're just seeing the back of him as he's talking. So he's telling you what we're seeing, but it's it's all about the snowflake and that's it, it's a great page. You're right. Yeah. yeah, I think the difference between this Cassidy and and uh, the modern Cassidy is there is reference in all these planetary issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't grab you by the throat like the new stuff. It's painfully obvious where his reference mm-hmm. is coming from in the new stuff. And I don't know if maybe he hired models to pose or he just picked some stills that weren't as well-known as the ones he's using now. But, I mean, he did reference in these issues, but it's not. He There's no crutch right. here. He, he, put, he made the reference work for him. Right. But uh, there's one page in the second issue that almost brings me to tears. If I were a, a, a more uh, a weaker man, I would cry like a baby. And it's, I know it's, it. It's the page where um, Master Storyteller and group uh, find the carcass of what is uh, intended to be Godzilla. And the, the, the guy with the glasses, who's a major pain in the ass throughout the entire issue... Uh, <laughs> He, he complains about the thing is obviously dead it's been long dead there's a huge hole in its in its rib cage and and they they walk in the master storyteller he loves it he, he even says so he says, i like it here and the, the the subordinate says please master storyteller we can't stay here the stench alone and master storyteller says shut up this is holy they're in the body of Godzilla. And it's, he's calling it a holy place. It's like, Ellis, you bastard. This is mm-hmm. such a beautiful page. That, you should, that it, yeah. Like, Go ahead. The kaiju can be holy. Because <laughs> as a genre, it is holy to a lot of people. And Ellis recognized that fact. And at, at, to the Japanese, it should be considered holy too. Because it is, it's uh, uh, one of the they're pieces of art that's instantly recognizable to most of the world. So why wouldn't you consider it holy? It's nothing to be ashamed of. And that's why I love this page so much, because it's unapologetic. This is holy. Goddamn right it is. You goddamn right it is. Yep. But, uh, so, uh, tell me about this issue, Jason. Well, I was just going to say... I I don't want to keep talking. We should set it up. I mean, so because it, it again, this book is as we've noted. It's like it's 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 got an underlying story arc, but it it's it's kind of the villain of the month or the mystery of the month as well. And in this, as you said, we are first introduced to a boat uh, going through the, the 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 tumultuous sea, and uh, we know that they're uh, Japanese. The 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 master storyteller's got. Uh, a bandana on with the Japanese flag symbol, and uh, they're talking about being on a holy land, 
Uh, and clearly the dude is, is a little touched. I mean, clearly the guy is not exactly all there. He's talking about revolution and... and a little self-absorbed, uh, too. Yeah, a little something-something. A little something-something. But we then... Before we see the Godzilla, we see Mothra. The skeleton of... Mo- of a, 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 not the skeleton, but the dead remains of Mothra. Yeah. Um, it's just, <laughs> what a spread it's, that is. It's massive. It's and so then good. our crew, the planetary crew, are alerted to the fact that there are people on this island. And, and it clear, it's clear the planetary has known about the existence of this island for some time. This island is in nowhere, no man's land. It's, it's essentially at the northern tip of the Japanese islands. And it's in dispute between who owns it, between uh, Russia and Japan. Uh, and so they head off there, although uh, Snow's not exactly sure why they're heading off there. He's just kind of going along for the ride. Um, we see, uh, what's the three-headed uh, monster name, Vince? Ghidra. You upset Ghidra. that I didn't know that offhand? No, that's cool. Ghidra, right? So we see the skeleton of Ghidra. Um, and uh, dudes are just chatting it up. They're kind of learning about each other on the plane to the island. Um, and we realize that they're total badasses. We already had a hint that they had powers, but we see uh, we see uh, Jakita, um, you know, be able to sort of just jump off and land without and, and like dent the dent the rock. So clearly, she's not only strong but but heavy and super fast. And she she uh, uh, she's she's running to the scene where she she's running to the master storyteller and his crew because she hears gunshots. And then she's. Almost, she's just about to go into a pool of, of, of gas, some kind of gas, whether it's sarin gas or something like that. Some nerve kind of nerve gas. gas. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then Snow just makes it all dissipate like a badass. Um, and Vince, I love that in the Godzilla thing, not only is he talking at Holy Land, but he grabs a hunk of the meat and he insists that they're going to eat the Godzilla meat for dinner. That, that, Shit, that, it's, that, communion. it's communion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then... Love it. They they say oh well um, we thought everything was dead, and then overhead a gigantic another kaiju flies overhead, and uh, and Jakita says yeah I thought they were I did I thought they were dead, so uh, and who's that Vince? Rodan. I thought so. So that's Rodan, and that's how the issue ends. Right. It's it's a neat little issue because we we get a little bit more of. Snow's power, a glimpse uh, of Snow's power, because when the when the sarin gas is floating his way, he's really unconcerned. Mm-hmm. He's just standing there, and and so he can do something with um, temperature. Yes. at least as far as we we see in this issue. Yeah, but that, apparently that he can, his last name isn't just his last name. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, in the first issue, the lady in the diner says the damn air conditioner never works right. <laughs> When you, whenever you're in here, and now we see that he can adjust the temperature around him to disperse a cloud of, of uh, highly toxic gas. But uh, as can the, you, my friend, as can you. Uh, <laughs> you're a jerk. <laughs> Why do I like you? Mm-hmm. Um, but this this is another landmark issue. I, I don't think it was as. <laughs> Do they start with pulp and then they give you kaiju? No wonder you love this series. <laughs> I know, I know. It wasn't as tightly plotted, I think, as the first issue. No, There's that's a little true. bit of a little bit of meandering once they get to Tokyo and they're talking to the uh, the uh, the the head of the the planetary Shinya. operations, or not the head, the 
the, the spokesman the for the military. Yeah. Yeah. Tokyo. That's a, it, it rambles on a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, the fact that they call it Island Zero, now Jason, I know you're not uh, familiar with the, with the Godzilla series, but there's an island in the Godzilla series called Monster Island. And that's right, where I assume Jeff, this was Monster yeah. Island, right? Yeah. Right, but when they said, you know, there's something really strange about this island because none of the kaiju have reproduced mm-hmm. and none of them have ever left the island. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's canon in the Godzilla series. They, they right. haven't reproduced. And they didn't well, leave That was another island. meta-commentary, right? I mean, in essence right, of, of right. acknowledging the pop culture nature of this, that, that those characters, never, no one ever thought and wondered, why don't they, re- why don't they appropriate all that? Right. Yeah. right. Even though Rodan could fly, never left the island. Um, and that's just the original series. Later on, stuff happens on Monster Island that they do, but um, in the original series, they don't. They don't leave the island. They're it's entirely self-contained. And that was just beautiful the way they did this. Mm-hmm. And then there's hope, because Rodan is not dead. Now, at this point, though, and maybe hard, because you've read this a couple times now over a long period of years, what were you thinking about each of the three planetary characters did you like them all were you intrigued were you bored and i ask because i the drummer kind of annoys me in issue two he's useless Mm -hmm. pretty much i mean the first two issues he's pretty useless but he does play a part warren ellen used oh no doubt i'm talking about now like in in these oh yeah at this point i'm like this drummer cat just yeah i'm not seeing it (laughs) Yeah. Pacing, my friend, right? Yeah, I think the... the um, because we... The second issue, we get a little bit more of Snow and Wagner, as far as, you know, the heat subtraction from him, um, her strength, her speed, uh, her nine vulnerability. So, yeah, so, so aside from the drummer just kind of being the... kind of aloof... Um, we're not really sure. We know, based on what Wagner tells Snow earlier, uh, what he's there for. Um, but we've never really seen it in action. And we really don't uh, until the third issue. And, and the. Um, but. One regret I had, not even a regret, but there was one thing that I. I when, when DC was making their, um, their figures, I still. I won't be really, really happy until I do have the three figures from um, from Planetary. I, I've I've only had the option, the opportunity to get two of them. Never been able to get all three, so that that's still one thing that um, it's not necessarily a grail, but it is one thing that I, I would like to have is all three of the figures. But as of right now, yeah. I, regarding to what Jason was saying, um, Snow is obviously the guy you are being nudged in the direction to pay attention to Wagner is the leader more or less of, of the group. And she, because she's, she's the only one who we've been dealing with, who knows the most about the organization uh, in these first two issues, anything we want to, anything that snow wants to know that we want to know we're getting from her and she's not exactly overflowing with information. So, uh, 
those are really the only, and because those are the two that are in the field, because even when they're jumping out of the chopper, she's jumping out of the chopper and, and Snow is, is leaving the chopper. Drum's like, yeah, no, I'm not. This is all you, dude. I, I don't. You guys are not. my hands dirty. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm going to sit here with my drumsticks. But, uh, and, Snow, Snow is the reader. Snow is put there for the reader's benefit. Yes. He's the new guy. Yep. We are seeing planetary through his eyes. Yep. He ushers us into this world. That's that's you should latch on to Snow because he's guiding you. But he's also visually is like he's the dude. It's like only dressed in white, you know, white white suit, white jacket, white 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 trench coat, white tie. Yeah, it's so and hard not to see him. Exactly. Um, and and I'm pretty sure the drummer, based on pictures I've seen of Cassidy, is is that's. His reference, he, he, he's, he's, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Sawyer from Lost. So you no have, wonder is annoying. <laughs> so you have uh, there's there's yeah. So I mean we we've we really even though Planetary is a three man operation, uh, we've really only seen two of them doing any work. Um, but if if um, I, I know Vince is not. If we're done with the second issue, I know Vince is not going to uh, really be too thrilled to to talk about the third. Yeah, um, I think the third issue is the low point of the six. It's, I don't want to call it useless, but in big picture, I, it really doesn't add a whole lot to the planetary story. Oh, I, I mean, it was, it was a, um, there, there are. There are things that we see here for the first time that kind of play out in in another issue or two. Um, not so much snowflake, but the 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 mystery, um, the the information repository. Yeah, the, the, the design ship. of it looks right. an awful lot like the ship ship. Um, but the this was the third issue is basically Ellis's love letter to to um, to. The Japanese action yeah, movies. Um, yeah, see, because every because the first few pages is nothing but wide wide screen panels. It's the, all, all the pages are yeah. um, are horizontal. It's very John page. Wolf. Yes, I was going to say yeah. I, I I make a little correction there. I, I I don't think it's Japanese. I think it's um, Hong, no, Hong it's Kong, Kong crime sorry. movies. Yes, right. crime, yeah. yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it was it, it's that's not that's basically just the the rapper to get to to any of the meat in in the story and that is that that that's the hard drive that that's seeing the drummer in action more or less um it's it's a very typical revenge story this could have been the specter and and not so much a, a dead detective uh it was mm-hmm. um it's you know we get a little bit more information on the team but the uh, the story that that as far as the the cover story, um, it really wasn't as exciting as as the first two issues. I completely agree, and also I think in looking back on this, and this is re- this is revisionist. I don't remember thinking this when I first read it, but this issue looks a lot more like the Cassidy we're someday going to get, and not like. There are, there are parts of the way that he lays this issue out which are frustrating. Um, stiffer. The, yeah. 
it the 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 and I think it's because he's trying to play with the the opacity of the ghost and effects like the fire effects and yeah, the there's cityscape. some repeated panels. Yeah, so I think I think he's starting to use some more um, cookie cutter effects or, or 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 imagery to to help him along because he's not drawing it freehand. And I, I so I I think you see glimpses of it. You start to see. A little bit to me, the faces in this issue aren't as consistent. Um, and again, I didn't, I didn't care. I don't remember caring or noticing that uh, when I first read this. But but now that I'm on Cassidy High Alert, <laughs> I felt like this issue was artistically nowhere near as strong as the first two issues. Yeah, there's some time-saving tactics in here. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. That's a um, way to put it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a it's a bad issue visually i just think it pales in comparison to the two before and the three after i agree yeah Yeah, i agree yeah so um that brings us to and we should we mention that each of these issues is does have a name first issue was all over the world second issue was island third issue is dead gunfighters yes yeah uh the the fourth issue, which I, I, I enjoy quite a bit, um, especially after the third. Um, this is uh, Strange Harbors, a, a complete comic story by Warren Ellis, illustrated by John Cassidy. Other contributors, Lord Pay, um, Ali Fuchs, Ed Rodier, and John Lehman. Now, I know that John Lehman was the editor of the series. Is that the same John Lehman from Chew and, and the current writer of, of other stories? I was going to ask you guys the same thing. I assume so, but... I assume so as well, but I haven't checked Comic Book DB. Mm-hmm. Um, in any case... Uh, yep, it is him. Yep. Excellent. So Started off as an editor at Wildstorm. Yep. Vince, after the third issue, uh, what did you think of the fourth? Oh, I think the fourth's great. I love the fourth issue. Name Strange like- Harbors. Yes, I like the um, the idea of the 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 ship yes. buried, um, and of course, Doc Brass comes back into it. I so you, and, and you got me that, again. Yeah, and and I I like that Wilder is on the phone with a Hark, who we saw. We. Saw that name in the first issue, so there's that mm-hmm. whole little um, "it's all connected" kind of thing, which, um, which, in comic books, I, I, I tend to enjoy when when, when the stories are good and you can kind of piece things along with them. Um, but yeah, the 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 return of Doc Brass and a little bit more in Snow's history. Because uh, we find out that um, Axel and Elijah share a birthday, as well as do a few other people mm-hmm. in the Wildstorm universe, which you know is a pretty neat little, and, and not just a birthday, but instead of just getting hit over the head with with a with an Ohatmu entry for each of the players in the series, um, you find things out, like you said, Vince, you're rewarded if if you're paying attention. But um, we find out that. Elijah Snow doesn't have a scent, and and just I mean, and that's not something that you know you'd really 
walk up to someone and find out about, but because of the abilities that he pretty much gave himself, um, Brass is able to point that out. And, and he doesn't point it out in the sense that it's, again, it, it's annoying. It's just because this man is so old and, and kind of alone for so many years. And, and it's not that he's, he's socially awkward or anything, but he is the type of person who, when seeing someone like Elijah Snow again, uh, would throw out a statement like that. So it's it all... It's just, for me, it's just Alice being deliberate. Right. Well, there's a lot of buried things in this issue, too. Oh, there really is. No that um, the, the man uh, investigating the mysterious disappearance of the building, the, the implosion of the building, that this Wilder guy, mm-hmm. he, he just drops, it's in one dialogue balloon. He says, we orphanage boys yep. can be bad about that sort of thing. Okay, so now you put that in the back of your mind that this this man uh, either grew up or, or had some experience with being in an orphanage. Right. And then later on, he gets a lightning bolt scar on his chest. So put the two. <laughs> oh, we lost it. Breaking up. Oh, okay. What part did you did you hear? You I, said put the two together, and then yeah. you put broke up. Right. Put the two together. Orphanage, lightning bolt scar on the chest. It's Billy Batson. Yep. Yeah. By the way, who? And then our younger listeners are probably thinking you were going to say Harry Potter. But no. But that's. I, I mean, I. I'm sure she took. I've never heard her as being a comic book reader or familiar with comic books, but that's a hell of a coincidence. Don't you think if it is a coincidence? Um, I, I would have to ask. I've never read the book, so I don't really know much. About oh, no. Well, he's got a, a lightning bolt scar on right. his head and he's an orphan. Right. I, I, I mean, I knew that, but I thought that was just the, the, the way to mark him as like the chosen one. But, it is, it is, but isn't that an interesting coincidence? It it could be, yeah, it could be. There are no coincidences, so right, you know, whether whether it was something she read as a child, and we were fated it. to meet at episode three hundred. Yep. Aw, it's true. Here, it's very true. <laughs> Doc Brass's legs creep me the hell out. <laughs> oh, I know they're so nasty. Every grizzled. time I see them, it's like I don't even know how he's standing on those <sighs> things. That doesn't even look like muscles. It looks like a string of, of, of oranges or grapefruits. Like it's just mm-hmm. nasty looking. And he keeps pushing on. Ugh. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's, uh, there's as far as the, the big picture of the series, issue four is very important. It is, and, and this is where Cassidy gets back to doing some amazing work. When he draws the inside of... of of the machine when, when uh, it's stunning stuff. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous and intricate and obviously hand drawn. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and we get to see what actually, uh, kill the dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, that's a great panel, but we have, yeah, I mean, we have, we, we have, um, alleyways and cityscapes and we have insane ships um, 
beautiful design work inside those ships. It is not a... Um, I mean, when you see issues like this, that's when you can kind of understand, well, maybe maybe it wasn't Ellis late with the scripts. Maybe it's just because he's taken... He's asking a lot of his co-creator. And, and um, you know, it, it's... I'm assuming there, I'm not saying that that is what happened, but it is not, it, it's, it's definitely an issue where, like you guys said, it's, it's, um, somewhat of a, of a return to greatness for Cassidy as far as, um, after the previous issue. So, um, and we get a little bit more insight on Planetary, the organization, because when Wilder is, um, asking for assistance in getting the, um, in getting the ship back home, um, he asked Wagner if um, she'll help. And before she can answer, uh, or instead of answering, she's um, she's ready to head back home. Um, and and she's basically going to tell Wilder, you know, well, we just. Planetary just investigates. We don't. Uh, we, we we're not. We're not involved in it. We're like the Watchers. We'll just. We'll tell you to look out for shit. We're just not going to tell you what shit to look out for. So, uh, it's. It's. While all that's happening, uh, Elijah decides to make pretty much an executive decision, uh, and uh, lets him know that um, there is no. There really is no no worry. Uh, whatever you need, planetary is at your disposal. We have more money than God, so um, we'll be able to take care of it. And and um, and that's where they kind of leave the issue, uh, only because based on his conversation and and what he was telling uh, Wilder um, to see the drummer and Wagner's expressions or their reactions to what he said uh, apparently to Elijah it was very worth it and and as you continue to read the series it may not that glance between the drummer and Wagner may actually mean more than just what you think is is implied in this one little panel so uh, yeah the wink the wink bothers me I don't think they needed the wink. I don't think they do either. And and I kind of, if I look quick enough, I kind of don't even see the wink. And right. So it 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 in that case it kind of works for me. But you're right. You're absolutely right. I don't think he needed to wink at all. Um, that's a that's a sledgehammer. The wink. He he could have just nuanced it. And without the wink, it would have just been two characters looking at each other, and you know instinctively that there's something unsaid being right. transferred between the two mm-hmm. because it's just a panel of them too and, and no one would put just a, pa- a wordless panel of the two of them in a book like this it wouldn't be a haphazard throwaway panel it wouldn't be there just to fill no. a page it would absolutely no, have no. reason and and you're absolutely right i, I agree with you 100 yeah one of the things that um i'm getting from this issue now that i'm looking at it again um cassidy's not entirely consistent with Ms. Wagner. No, it's not. There true. are pan- no, it's there not. are panels where she's absolutely stunning. Yep. Right. And then there are panels where she goes, she's very stern and very uh, angular looking and mm-hmm. not very attractive yep. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, then some panels she looks Asian, 
mm-hmm. some panels. I mean, it, it, that may be intended that, that she may be she may have a, a shifting countenance in some. I, I'm just reaching. I know, but uh, she's not beautiful in every panel, no. and I get the feeling from when we were introduced to her that she is a beautiful woman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always under the impression that she is supposed to be, and and that's that's the right the vibe I was always right. given. But yes, to, there are, and again though, that's that's Cassidy, it, it, in my mind, doing it all freehand. He's just like this is I'm I'm drawing this book, and and he's mm-hmm. because I mean he does the same thing, he does the same thing with with Elijah's hair. It's like there's sometimes where it's just he doesn't bother noodling around with it and give it any sort of, of, of depth or, or, or texture and there are other panels where it's just like it, it, it's like he's wearing a white hat and it's it, it, there are the drummer seems to be more or less consistent but again I mean when you're drawing yourself I guess you, you kind of would right. you could just look in the mirror um, yeah. but the uh, but there are but it's you know we're, we're getting it. it is it, it's not like it's it's not a team book in the sense that it's the X-Men or the Justice League. It, it is basically just these three characters, issue after issue. So um, I, I understand maybe taking some shortcuts here and there, but when they are the main characters, and, and that's the reason why people are coming back issue after issue, I, I, I would like some some consistency. Yeah. Issue five, best damn cover of the run, bitches. <laughs> you would say that. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I can agree, but I love you for it. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I know. Uh, It is the one that tickles my heart, though. It is a uh, homage to the the James Bond, Doc Savage covers, paperback covers, right down to the design of the logo, Uh, the the sweeping flow of the Doc Savage logo. They've reproduced that here. Instead of saying Doc Savage, it says Planetary. It's just great. And and, and he's, he's got legs, Lieutenant Dan. So you should be happy about that. Yeah, yeah but the, the gun is jank, though. It's got three chambers. <laughs> it's got that. It's got that Rob Liefeld it's a, gun. It's a it's a special gun. <laughs> it's like a Kingsman gun. No, well, it's not jank. It's it's, it's special. <laughs> like jank. like like Doc Brass. The the story within the story, freaking brilliant. I and, think his his illustrations for the text pieces are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I, I do like them, and and the uh, this is the first issue in the five we've read so far, where it pretty much takes place immediately following the previous issue. All the other issues, you don't know if it's been you know a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months between missions. Here we know that it's um it's he walked down the hall, leaving Wilder, Wagner, and Drums, and walked down to Brass's room. So we're 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 getting a little bit. I, I appreciate this issue because the continuity is, is tighter as far as uh, from the previous story to, to this one. But I right. didn't mean to cut you off. It's... No, you didn't cut me off. Um, but to get back to the... If these uh, text pages are an homage to the pulps, they are far better designed than the pulps ever were. So, I mean, if if you go back and look at some of the I mean I could show you pulps printed back in the day. The the design of these pages is great. The ones in the pulps, not so much. They would strive to get as many words on a page as they possibly could. The drawings would go through the gutter. They didn't care. They just wanted to get the stuff out. The 
here in this issue five, the design is very, very nice. So they're they're supposed to to evoke the pulps, but in spirit, not in in actual execution, because they would be not this nice if they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these these are beautiful. The ones with the the uh, the double splash with the the spider creatures. Holy crap! Oh yeah, well especially the. Uh baby spider embryos up at the top mm. oh yeah mm-hmm. in the just hanging from the sea the, the so gross whatever and the the he's he's getting a, and there's the jank guns you don't like he's, <laughs> he's getting accosted by these by these spider creatures and the shadows underneath are so deep and black and the 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 the, the top level of the spiders is is in in full sun it's it's a gorge or full light it's a gorgeous gorgeous image i would buy that page and you get the one in the fourth round on the uh, on the right page where it's just like it's just the goggles and and the fangs. Yes, it's, it's, it's mm. so great. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah, but there's a tiny, teeny, eensy, teensy bit of Wrightson in that image. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, a little something, something. But there's uh, there's a, a sharing of experiences between uh, Elijah Snow and uh, Doc Brass in this. They're 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 touching base on uh, on on what they've endured and and uh, Doc Brass says you know I think there's a little bit something more about you than 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 you're letting on. He's like Elijah says well you know we've we've had experiences together and that's basically what this issue is. It's it's a little bit more uh, a little deeper look into who Elijah Snow is. Mm-hmm. While we um. While we get some um, some of that beautiful Vince B approved Doc Brass pulpiness, um, <laughs> and find a little a bit character, a little bit more about um, Anna Hark, who was on the phone with Wilder. Um, nice. I didn't know you brought the dogs with you. Yeah, that's oh, great. Oh, we have dogs, that's great. and they <laughs> obviously uh, didn't give a crap about that I'm on the porch. But that, whatever. That <laughs> that makes me giddy. Um, and I'm, I am glad that, um, not only do we get a page devoted to Anna Hark, we, we find out that that is exactly who was drawn on the page, because if you look quickly, um, you may think it was Wagner. Um, but the, um, there is a lot of text, not a lot, but there is, it's, it's, I don't even, I didn't even count the pages. I don't know if it's, if it's half, if it's. Mostly, it's more text than actual sequential pages, but it is it, it the way they um, play together works really, really well. Um, but the uh, but see, it also links the uh, planetary to Wildcats to, with to the, the whole Wildstorm universe. That's yes, true, to yes. Wildcats to, to, to Demonites to uh, to the Authority. Um, yeah, because Jenny Sparks is also um, now. Is it the people who were born on January first, nineteen hundred? Do they stop aging at a certain time, or is it just because I can understand Brass since he, you know, taught himself to stop needing food, but you know, and, and Snow just looks old, but Jenny Sparks doesn't, and and so was it ever explained in the Wildstorm universe? These people who were born on the same day. That um, hmm. that uh, for some reason they just don't look like they've aged in in the 
nine, 90 plus years? I don't know if that was ever explained. But the, um, but yeah, and, and but the, as far as Doc Brass goes, it wasn't a natural thing. He had to, he had to teach himself. Right, exactly. And condition himself to not age. So, I wonder if it's whether he triggered learned. something that was already there, right? Or I don't, I can't say. And uh, we get another. But they're special. They are special, not in a touch way, just special. They um, there's another somewhat of a Captain Marvel analog in this issue, or Shazam, um, with uh, with John Cumberland, who is from a um, a parallel Earth, so maybe. That's that Earth's version of Shazam and Wilder is this. He certainly looks like him, right? He does, yeah, especially with the with the rope and the half cape. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed this issue as well, even with all the text. I didn't think normally if 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 I'm supposed to be reading a novel along with my comic book, there are times where it one could be more um, more severe or uh, intrusive over the other but this this was a nice balance and and it's um any illustrations to go with text pieces were a nice touch so overall i i really enjoyed the um the third issue it, mostly because we got some more on elijah snow and and it worked in the sense that it was just a conversation between elijah and axel and and it wasn't uh, again we weren't we weren't reading text boxes of an encyclopedia entry uh, or someone who read it off of a computer screen. This was just two old dudes shooting the shit and and uh, it was a nice, quiet, calm exchange and, and, uh, and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Jason? Um, I mean, I, I don't... For me, this was my least favorite of the six issues. Um, uh, while I think visually the the illustrations in the, the 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 novel, the prose stuff is 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 great. Um, I, I I just wasn't feeling the having to read all the prose, and especially about a freaking pulp character. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I thought this issue was 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 the one that left me the, the wanting more. I I could have done without this this issue. Okay, I, I like uh, I like seeing Axel just chilling in the grass, gnarled legs and all. But it again, though, <laughs> it's a nice little throwback to the first issue where he was left alone, um, the only one there to guard the snowflake. And, and you have that one panel where, where, you know, it, he did, Cassidy did the same thing in the first issue where um, after the battle and he was laying there still somewhat healthy uh, and you saw the um, the Not Justice League in, in the background. Um, and then the next panel is many, many years later, um, over 50 years later, with his gnarled legs and then the skeletal remains of the, uh, the analogs. Um, I... You know, normally you'd get the kind of work where it would be the exact same stat panel, just, you know, a change of of, of something, uh, a slight color variation or, or just, you know, drawn to look, look, look a little older. But, um, you know, 
Cassidy kind of had to draw, but even though it was just one character in the same pose, uh, it still had to be drawn. So um, I, I like that. That if you were watching it as a film, uh, you'd get that same kind of scene change, and and I uh, I dig it a bitch. I, I I I like the way it um I like the way it looks. I think the word freehand is not a good use, not a, a good word to use. Because mm-hmm. if he, even if he is relying on reference, he's still drawing it. Wh- yes. Whether yeah. whether he's right, no, that's he's true. Tracing it or he, yeah, I, it's just a dirt. It's a very dirty word to me, and, and it doesn't. It it it's it's actually a misnomer because all drawings are freehand. It's just whether what what is the source of the drawing, whether the reference or the stuff in your brain or, or whatever. They're still done through the hand, so I just, I just, the word just bugs me. I'm not, I'm not picking up on you guys for using it. It's just not a, not a great dick, word. right? I'm just saying, oh, you know, I got a damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so let's let's go to issue five or six, right? Oh. Which is oh. a crazy issue. I, I and, love this and, issue. Oh, it is! It is great. Um, it's a not uh, not the least of which is the fact that it pays um, homage to the first family, the Fantastic Four, <laughs> in, yeah. in, in a story titled simply Four. Um, yep, or Four, a planetary story. Because above that, um, on the first page, it's also there's this the sentence that says it's a strange world so depending on how you feel the 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 title of the story could be it's a strange world or it could be just simply the number four um that's a that's a great page i love the design of that page because not only is the snowflake reflected in the pupil but in the iris and other parts of the eye you get what look like multiple planets reflected yeah in, in the eye so it just it's it's a neat little summation of of what the snowflake is i um i really really like the um the storytelling of the present day action to the recap that the drummer right. is giving the team because it's not, and it's it. You're not being told, you know, this is now, and this is you know, later that day or earlier, and now, and it's just it's. You can it's easy enough to figure out as you go along, and it's not like um, you don't even get the little the rounded type of panels that you get when someone gives you a flashback tale in, in, in one of the big two comics. There's no mm-hmm. there's no uh, panel border games. It's not like, you know, there's a there's a bubble effect or a um or a non panel border. It's just it's it looks the same throughout. It's just as the story is being told, you know what's happening then or, or what you know, where you are when the drummer's telling you what's going on and when um when and where Snow and Wagner are, and and uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, well, the drummer's monologue uh, that starts off the issue up until a certain point, it's all it's a history lesson. I mean, yeah. 
and there's nothing in there that didn't happen with uh, Werner von Braun and the, you know uh, Project Paperclip and all the, the the German scientists that were appropriated after the war and how we used them and and it's I mean that's all textbook, but when you get to the Artemis program, that's when things begin to diverge a little bit. That uh, the, there was the uh, the Apollo mission, which was the 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 you know the bread and circuses type thing that the public was supposed to eat uh, and and be uh, informed about that. Hey, yeah, we're actually going to the, the moon here. But then there was another program operating in the shadows, the Artemis program that had had done so earlier and for different reasons so it's it's a neat little again with the secret history you have this 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 black ops space program that no one knew about that actually accomplished things that we we have have yet to accomplish today mm-hmm the uh and who are the mm-hmm. the members of this black ops program <laughs> well i mean it's the it's the FF dude. It's a Fantastic Four. Yeah, yep. yeah. Complete with Jacob Man, Randall Dowling, who is. We even get Mole Men, the Subterrans, the yeah. Mole Men. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. But uh, Randall, um, what's his name? Randall Dowling is the Reed Richards analog. Mm-hmm. Then you get a very simian-looking uh, pilot named Jacob Green, who is obviously the Ben Grimm, and it's awesome. That he named him Jacob. Yep. Because Kirby's name was Jacob. Yep. And Kirby mm-hmm. was the thing. So mm-hmm. um, uh, Johnny Storm is is William Leather, and uh, uh, Susie is uh, Kim Suskind, who is she's a physicist, but she's the daughter of one of the uh, appropriated Nazi uh, scientists. So yep. You know, I'm 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 guessing she got in based on the merits of her uh, test scores and not the fact that her daddy was a oh absolutely of course but, a doubt. yeah but she looks harsh man that's she, not oh, my she does no definitely not yeah and it's neat that Susie and Johnny are not one sister yeah yeah so they, they, they didn't go full not, it's not cookie cutter cat. fantastic yeah exactly right. <laughs> they didn't go full retard. <laughs> <laughs> never go full retard. Never, never. But and then on page nineteen, when Leather is confronting Snow, he's essentially using his flame powers. There, it's white energy. It's not exactly flames, but it's essentially like flames. And I love that they have him upside down. Again, another visual cue to the idea that this is. This is a twisted version of the FF. He even right. does the whole um, human torch, taking rid of, uh, getting rid of Namor's beard. Mm-hmm. Um, but leading up to that, and this was a great, these were a great couple of panels because um, when Snow and Wagner sneak up on Leather, he tells her to stay quiet, but you see. You can see leather in, in in the background, noodling with with with, um, with an invention, but you see Elijah's shadow pointing in his direction, uh, and then you get another taste of Wagner's speed. But leather realizes she's uh, she's coming 
towards him. And for the first time in the sixth issues, we find out that uh, she's been somewhat bested by someone else. And, and she is um, not just knocked silly, but actually uh, bleeding. So yeah, this isn't your normal... Uh, th- this wasn't just an easy type of mission where they're going to get in and get out and, and actually make someone pay for what they did. Um, there's, there's something else going on. And, and we even... The next page is if drummer's history lesson didn't kind of hammer that point home while snow was reading the file of the four uh someone decided to doodle on the file folder and and out of the numeral four um finish up the design work to to make it look more like a swastika um yeah i thought that was that was a a neat touch there there was nothing subtle about this issue from the fantastic four um a ripoff to uh, to to the things like the file folder. Uh, this was this was after the first issue. This was probably um, my favorite. I because I, uh, yeah. this was this was definitely a taste of where okay we're this is planetary. They're a secret organization. They're they're not some pissant little you know insurance company office in a strip mall type thing. This is that we're worldwide. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, yeah, we, we were dealing with mysteries the first couple of issues, and you were kind of getting to know everybody. But this is the first time where now not only is the team facing a threat uh, in somewhat of a singular form, but um, this is where we, we finally may... Uh, now we're, we're, we're getting to something that, that that's going to keep... The series going. That this is you're going to be able to sink your teeth into this now because we're before since they were kind of done in ones. You were just going to be able to read these stories and and we were going to tell this little tale of these three characters and and everybody was going to go about their lives. But now now there's something that's that's an actual threat. There's there's some there's some weight. There, there's some actions and consequences. And you kind of want to make sure you see someone like William Leather uh, get what's coming to him. As um, so, there's there's definitely a uh, this was th- this was kind of the the turnaround issue for me. Um, once once you see what's um, we're introduced to pretty much the big bad, whether it's the big bad of the series, uh, you can find out. But it it's this was the one where you really felt like now. Now there's really something for me to come back to every issue. Yeah, but it's also a really neat commentary on the Fantastic Four too. Oh sure, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. here you have Reed Richards and associates who have amassed a disturbing amount of data on things that the common man has no idea about, and they, by and large they don't use it to improve life on earth basically it's what um the johnny storm analog says he's like we're adventurers my teammates uh we're around the human adventure and you just can't come along meaning humanity like reed withheld a disgusting amount of information from the from humanity 
he, look at the Marvel Universe. He doesn't, everything he, he, he doesn't release. Yeah, he did to make money for the little stuff. But the big, the big stuff, the big world-shaking stuff, he doesn't let that out. Nope. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're saying here. So it's like not a treasure trove uh, that could probably jumpstart humanity level civilization. You know, like level whatever planet. And, and he's just not doing it for whatever reasons. Yeah, that's what that's what Ellis is saying here. Yeah, and it's true, right? We um, we actually see Elijah Snow sweating. Yeah, there's there is. I mean, again, it, it, this is this is probably the issue where you've been getting teases throughout the entire first few issues, but but this is that yeah, this is. Rereading it now again for the third time for 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 this episode, but it it this is this was the one that probably turned it around for me. I, I um, whereas before it just would have been a neat series that that I'll read as it comes out, but this was the um, this was the turning point for me. It just makes you wonder about about snow, though. I mean, if reading this for the first time, we have seen up until this point. Wagner be um, entirely um, her power set. We've seen it in action, mm-hmm. right? Jumped out of a, of a of a helicopter, crushed the ground. You know, uh, is is super fast, super strong, and for her to be bested by this Johnny Storm analog, and then a couple pages later, Snow basically. Has him on the ropes until a certain point, and and he has so, him on the ropes. So how strong is Snow? Well, all Snow did, and this was this was unexpected according to Leather. All Snow did was kick him in the nuts, and and I, that's not to say, yeah, well, you know, if you headbutt, if you can headbutt Wagner and knock her silly, make her bleed, then how is it just? But no, a simple, he stops him. He stops him. He holds his he hand. He holds out. him back with his hand at one point. Yeah, and that just could be, but that. I don't know if he's necessarily stopping him, or if he's just if he if, if he's got his hand out so that they can take a second and and Snow can ask him his questions. But I don't I don't I don't know if Snow is actually holding him back or if if Leather is just saying okay because because if Leather Leather obviously knows Snow, even though Elijah has no idea who this person is, so Leather could just be waiting to see what Snow's going to do. And and for then, so for him to leave his guard down, for for Elijah to just to kick him in the nuts, and then go full flame on, um, which causes Elijah to worry about a, a, a tiny bit since he can't see him anymore. Um, but but even while that's happening, that they're saying, you know, I, I've known you for far too long, and and we're leaving you alive because this new train of events amuses us. So um, that's just more of, of me being impressed enough to, to find out what the hell this all means. But um, for Leather to then just kind of go away. And, and it, this was, you knew you were at the end of the issue for some, you knew you were at the end of, of the story for some of these issues because the credits were on the last page. But here in this in this issue, 
once leather disappears and snow is right. just standing there with with whatever smoldering smoke flame is left behind that's the last panel of the issue and and there is no the end there is no to be there, there's no to be continued there's no it's just like and that just sinks into the floor too it's like yeah but when the issues end they just they're no they're not most comics you read it's like you know it, it will say the end and 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 that's sooner that's the end of the tale and and move on to the next one but this gave me another f- different type of feeling with planetary in the in the sense that it, it was they weren't telling you this is it for this this issue this this tale this is it's it just and that's not necessarily the whole thing with the whole hand holding thing but it it just it it felt different to me reading it because it wasn't it, it didn't tell me that's the end. Obviously, it's the end because there's no more story in this issue. But it's just it it didn't have there was no there was no stamp on it. There was nothing that says okay, we'll we'll see you again in in thirty or sixty or whenever the issue's drawn days and and that's it. Um, I, I yeah no th- th- this this was an issue and a half for me. I, I I'm just gonna start repeating myself, so I'm gonna let someone else talk. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's a tremendous punctuation on and a reminder of what what's to come in the book in the sense that um, I don't know, I feel like like I feel like Ellis somehow, I don't know if he came up with this idea or if Jim Lee said, "Hey, this is the this is the tabula rasa, but it just seems like Ellis is going through all of the seminal things that inspired him to be a creator and weaving them into this tapestry. And by the end of this arc, we've gotten the pulps. We've gotten an acknowledgement of the origin of superheroes and, and, and the nod to DC for that by a Superman and the justice league. And then culminated with the most important, and first breakthrough hit for Marvel, and um, it's just again, it's impressive on a lot of levels because um, you could just read this on the surface. In fact, I'd be really curious. I know a lot of our listeners read this or reread this to follow along tonight. I'd be curious to know whether they think that. Uh, I- I'm wondering how many of them read this without giving much thought to the context or the meta side, or if they maybe don't care about that older stuff, just if, if they found it as enjoyable or it maybe didn't work for them as much as a result. Um, Cause none of us have that frame of reference. Uh, certainly. Um, but yeah, man, I, I mean, think, the, it, what? Hmm? I don't think you need the, the meta side of this story is great for those who want to find it, but I don't right. think you need it in terms of the story. It still, yeah, no, no, I, I agree, I agree. I'm just curious though, but it's hard for us to say that definitively since we, since we do know it. That's why right. I'm just wondering. You can't separate it, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, love again, cast today props. I love, love the, love the illustration of the, 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 the fetus. You know, the fetus in the center of the, of the snowflake. I think that's that's such a, a an arresting and powerful image. Um, 
Uh, yeah, and, and and this does what any... This was done before writing for the trade was a thing, but this sure as hell does what a trade format should do, which is leave you clamoring for more. Yeah. yeah. You can't wait for, to find out what happens next. At least I couldn't, so... Um, and here we are all having read this before, and then all three of us have already said that we, 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 we want to read the rest of it before, you know, we don't want to, we, we so it's, it's again a testament to this is so compelling that we all want to power through the other 21 issues before we move on. So, yes, sir. The, the um, I, I keep going back to, to that, to that window and it's even in the background when, when snow is, is yelling at leather while he's, um, after the, the kick to the unmentionables, it, it, and it, um, and he throws Wagner through it, but it, it looks, I don't know if it's supposed to be, if it's supposed to remind me of, of, um, the window on, on Bleecker Street from, uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I mean, that's not, that, that's neither here nor there, but the, um, but yes, like, like you said, Jason, that, that, that's a great way for it to say the, uh, that last page definitely has you um, champing at the bit for for what's next. And did you read? You read? I just have a question yeah. on that, though. Yeah. If it's not important, then why keep showing it? Why? No. Mm-hmm. Why was it used as the background from in the confrontation between Johnny and and Snow? Because that is no longer in that room. You're right, because he did she 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 broke the glass she, bust, when, when, broke when he it. threw yeah. it, when he threw her through it. When he threw her through it. Um, right, so it must be important. Could it be the bleed? We did not mention that throughout this entire recap. Um, that's something else that, that Wilder and, and the whole ship ship and that's that's mentioned because even and and snow mentions it when uh i believe when he was talking to to brass but yes the bleed is or was it in during the the hong kong issue but the bleed is is referenced in in the series and then again that's yeah in this issue too because that's the thing that the that the the four pulled into they're pulled into the bleed and the bleed is red so that's why i'm just trying to make the connection between it's the only red thing in the issue and and that that Graphic is reds. So I'm thinking they must be linked somehow. I think so. It, yeah, because again, it's not something that you don't. There isn't anything done just because in the series. Everything right, is, everything is, is deliberate. Yeah, so. Yes. Mm-hmm. The yeah. um, that did did you read? You read your your absolute for this, Jason? Uh, I did not. Oh, okay. Um, the uh, when when I when I won the auction for the issues from eBay, it included the um the planetary the, the Gen thirteen issue which had the preview story, um, which is also part of the trade. And I believe Vince read the preview story as well. Sure did. And the preview story uh, originally presented in C23 number 6 and Gen 13 number 33 from September 1998 is titled Nuclear Spring uh, with a dedication actually for Adam Kubert. But 
this is this story takes place after Snow has already joined the team. So 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 it's it's planetary proper. Um but you can kind of tell it's um Cassidy's getting a feel for the characters on the team. But it is a very short story, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight pages maybe. Um but it is uh it's Warren and John's nod to the Incredible Hulk's origin. Yeah. And it is really, really well done. I don't know you I'm sure it's included in the absolute, so I, I, I'm pretty well on the bet that Jason has read it. Um But as far as the short story goes, I this freaked me. I thought this was one because it was it I don't know if you could say it was dark. It was just it was it's kind of morbid. It was, it was somewhat sad. There was just there was a lot in these few pages where I, it, this was heavier than pretty much anything else in the entire book, and I I, I definitely felt a, a kind of way reading it. And and I don't really care about about the um the general or his his bodyguards, but but the story that's being told about the um about this this physicist it just i man i was i was i was kind of bummed man and it really is the kind of story where it it's it really is if if things went just a little bit different if and and could go a little wrong um especially his final fate but this was man i i don't if if you have the trade, if you have the absolute, if if you're able to read this previous story, you really should. I don't want to give too much away in it, but I mean, I don't. I, I, how'd you feel about it? Well, I thought it was a neat way to um, tinker with the uh, the high points of of comics, right? The the origin of the Hulk and and relate it to the the Wildstorm universe. It's just it's basically a quantum bomb, and uh, but it's again the the parts that kind of made me feel a little icky were the fact that um, this this David Payne character was messing around with the general's wife on the sly, mm-hmm. and and she's she the general's wife is the uh, the character that wanders off into the test site mm-hmm. instead of rick jones it's the general's wife and and david goes out there and, and tries to save her and and he gets bathed in the the energy from this quantum bomb thing and that's what what makes him the hulk but again the 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 not so squeaky clean nature of the the uh the character in question and the way he goes out is is very disturbing yeah that that's what bothered me yeah. was the yeah, well, we'll leave that up. We don't have to spoil everything. Uh, mm-hmm. If yeah, you haven't, if you haven't, if you haven't read this story, this uh, it's uh, it's it's a heart wrencher because you know um, the Hulk is is beloved to me, and like Doctor Banner, he's he can do no wrong most most of the time, mm-hmm. um, and this character seems to just make a lot of a lot of bad um, 
bad decisions. And it's it's extremely <laughs> extremely descriptive, especially after the transformation, and and you just you definitely feel it, and it's and even the last panel when 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 the general's wrapping up his story, it's it's a um, and this is one of the and and this story actually lets you get a little bit more into the drummer's abilities because when we're shown footage it's because it's not because someone's narrating a story and we the reader just happen to see what they're talking about it's because the drummer is tapping into security footage and and it just it it all just works everything everything is there because it's how the story is laid out and the way the characters do what they do um which is just another and this is Go ahead. No, it's just and it, it's just another another reason for me to say that you know it's just it, it's a really smartly done book. Yeah, and um, this is what a decade or more before Battlestar Galactica, and there's one panel I could swear that uh, Wagner is uh, Starbuck, just mm. the way her face looks. But I mean, obviously not because the. It wasn't on then, but uh, the the character designs and the the drawing is not what not as refined as what he brought to the first issue of Planetary. Right. You could tell, like David said, you could tell he's still feeling out the characters, and it's um, it's somewhat um, more stylized than than Planetary proper. The cartoony parts of the, parts of it are, are somewhat cartoony. Especially the, the the first splash page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he puts but a I mean, lot it's, it's a time. great little story. It is. It is. He puts a lot of time into um, in the general's face and all those wrinkles. Oh yeah, tons almost, of wrinkles, almost man. in a way that. Um, oh, who the hell was? Um, he used to draw the the, the Tor Johnson cartoons and and um, what the hell's he? Friedman? Thank you. I was going to say Friedman and. Not to say yeah. Struzan, but yeah, I knew it was Drew something, but yeah, it, a lot of the general's faces reminds me of that. But um, yeah, now so we're not supposed to interpret this as being Thunderbolt Ross, right? This is just a general. A general, yeah, no, because he doesn't he he doesn't come across that way. Um, no, even doesn't though it was his wife and not his daughter, uh, it, it's um, because he does. Say, well, I'm not going to say it, but yeah, no, there's um, no, I did not get the impression that it was. Um, Okay, I didn't. I didn't either. I just want to see if you did. Especially since I wouldn't expect Ross to to need, you know, the the, the bodyguards right. or the muscle. So right, right, right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But overall, no. Oh, it's, cool beans. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a solid. Um, and wait, wait, wait. Before we move on, what yes. color is the creature that this David Payne? Oh, it's, eventually turns into. It is is quite gray. <laughs> so nice. Even though the quantum bomb is every other color, but but yeah, or the, the yeah, the, the, the and, and the from it. the panel um hits him. You get the the oh, yeah. really uh, stark shading on the the uh, on his chest and and his and his pants, just like what what Jack did in the original. Yep. So it's it's cool. Definitely a, uh, you know, I know that, um, like we said, Planetary is a book we've all read, 
at one point or another. Um, so while we may have been hoping for something more of a little bit of a surprise as far as the book of the month, uh, the fact that we had to go down memory lane or less, um, I ain't complaining. I, I, I do appreciate the, uh, that this one and, uh, I, um, I'm glad I got to reread it. No, same, I think this same. Proper, yeah. proper book of the month. We, we, we did due diligence on this book. And we will, uh, uh I agree. We'll, um, I, I also agree. Nice. Well, good, good. Um, so we should keep anything we've read, uh, off the table for this, this week, I think, and, uh, really? do something maybe, well, yeah, we're, we're two and a half hours. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. we'll, do a little well, how about I, I wanted to bring up the um, in our Facebook group, which uh, folks you you can be a member. All you need to do is answer the questions. <laughs> and and can we have oh. can, when when we ask how long have you been listening? Don't don't say don't just throw a number. Don't say one and don't say from twelve to. I don't know what I don't need to know. Or don't say never the day you, you or, or soon or yes. I know I said the other week, people, that you have to answer the three <laughs> questions. As long as you answer them, I'll let you in. I got to amend that statement. As long as you answer them coherently, like, like, so that again, I think that you're not a bot or a spammer. We've got, I, I, I declined about forty applications all at once because no one answered the questions, and now we have about forty or fifty pending. And I'm sure there's a few of you that are legitimate in that bunch, but. Maybe call us divas if you want, but if you can't take the time to to type up a three or four word answer for three simple questions, I gotta wonder how serious you are about being part of the community. So I'm not gonna feel bad about continuing to nag you all. Just answer the questions if you want to be a member. Um, but anyway, uh, in the group, um, I'm, I, I want to give credit where credit is due. It was um, I'm just trying to find out who asked the question. Um, Christopher Hubble. Christopher Hubble. Christopher Hubble asked um, when basically what the line is for exploitation or obje- obje- objectification of, of women and our thoughts on the subject. And I. He, he asked Vince uh, specifically. So, yeah. uh, I want to. I want to. Let me just, let me get the uh, let me get the post here. Okay, here you go. Uh, Christopher asked us, Vince, when does comic book art become objectification and or hashtag soft porn? Curious to know your thoughts. And he included uh, an image from a Valiant comic. And I joked, "Are you seriously asking Vince when art <laughs> becomes exploitation?" I'll save you the wait. His response, never. And then then we had, a, I, I think, an interesting and productive discussion about the concept more broadly, um, where I went into my thoughts and that I do think it is a complicated and a subjective thing. Um, lots of other people chimed in as well. Uh, but then Vince uh, chimed in and said, uh, it's too good of a question for Facebook. I'll save my answer for the show. Jason is yeah. dead wrong, by the way. So speak yeah. on it. I think, I, I believe that that all art is objectification. Everything mm-hmm. is objectification. 
because you are taking something that exists in a three-dimensional world, something that's alive, something that's living, it, it exists in its one state, and you're degrading it into lines and shapes, and you're, 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 you're shoehorning it into a two-dimensional realm. So you're, you, in the very act of drawing something, of capturing it, whether it be a, a photograph or a drawing or a, a, you know, a painting, you are objectifying that object. There's no way. There's no two ways about it. You're objectifying it. Now, the the problem is when the interpretation of this objectification, when someone looks at it and says, "Wow, like like that Valiant image. This is a hypersexualized woman. Her breasts are are kind of kind of large, and she's got massive child rearing hips." When you interpret the resulting image to mean that all women. This is this is a, a a cipher for all women. That's where the problem comes in because it's obviously not. It's just one artist's interpretation of a woman, and where maybe this artist likes big breasts or wide hips. You know what I mean? Um, it's 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 a it's a very sticky wicket because um, there's a there's a filter in between the 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 process, and that's the artist. And you can't know what the artist likes, or you, you can't know what the editor uh, uh, demanded, or what the writer wanted, or you know what I mean. So there's a lot of different interpretations and 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 desires thrown in to this this resulting picture. But as it is, it's a drawing of a beautiful woman. It's a drawing. It's not a woman. It's a it's a drawing of a woman. It's like it's like when when people cry foul over over comics that include sex with underage children it's like oh this is this is obscene it's 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 there there's a there's a law being broken here there's not because they're they're drawings it's not real people no no people were hurt in the making of this this image so uh, i'm going off on a tangent um it 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 is it is a drawing of a woman it does it objectify women yeah does, does the drawing of a cup objectify the, a cup? Yeah. You're degrading it instantly from what it was to what it is now. So that's mm. why I say all art is objectification. Even a photograph of, of a, a, a woman or a man, you're objectifying that because you're taking it from three-dimensional reality and you're, ter- you're, you're, you're degrading it, you're, you're changing it into two-dimensional a flat surface where it's not it's not the same thing anymore it's being filtered through the sensibilities of the photographer or the sensibilities of the illustrator or the painter you are degrading that that image in changing it you're degrading it because it's not the same that's what i mean when i say your perspective is always fa- is always fascinating to me when it comes to art um i didn't think this is where you were going to go with this um hmm i I guess based on the rules that you're laying out, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I don't know that that's in the spirit of what he was going for, though. Like, in the sense that he he was coming at it to, with the idea of wanting to understand or discuss our perspectives on do we think women are objectified sexually in comics? Sure. Sure they are. Yeah, because of I agree. <laughs> yeah, because of yeah. the, of course they are. Because 
it all goes back to the the uh, intended audience. The intended right. audience. The industry was started by young horny boys to sell comics yeah. to young horny boys. Yeah, sure. exactly. And yeah. and and that has that's a stigma that has never left comics. Right. So when if uh, I'm okay, I may not make any 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 fans with this statement, but if all superheroines look like Faith, no comics would sell. Sure. Speak on it. And and I I applaud Valiant for doing the Faith comics, and I think they're important that the Faith comics exist. And I'm I, I, I'm it just does my heart good to know that they realize that there's more than one body type among women. But when you're you're trying to make that that uh, that bottom line bump it up, those kind of comics are not going to sell because that's not who. The, the the main audience for these things are they're they're middle aged um, men who who like women to look a certain way and that's what they give them so yeah they're they're objectified sure they are mm-hmm. boring answer but like hmm. and but he said that when does it uh, tiptoe into soft pornography and right. that's like, that's in the that's all in, in in the interpretation of it. Like you could think, Power Girl is is at that line immediately with the boob window, right? But I don't. You know, like I, if 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 you're gonna say that this is borderline pornography, like I would maybe leave that to um, the boundless stuff because that's that's like obviously. Well, that's not soft porn. That is hardcore porn. The interiors, yeah. Oh, I'm just oh talking, okay. I'm just talking about the, the covers. Like the covers are mm-hmm. obviously. It, wh- what is pornography designed to do? Freaking, that is not my dog. It's the neighbor's dog. Wow. And, and it can't like. I'm, I'm trying to, to speak, and the freaking dog just keeps barking. Um, mm-hmm. You know that those those covers are designed to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to arouse. So yeah. But pornography, I don't know. That's a that's a tough subject. I, I, what is pornography anyway? I don't know. Yeah, I've always taken the stance. I've always taken the stance on this one that we would be ridiculous to suggest that there isn't objectification sexually of women in comics because of what we just talked about. Clearly, but that said, if we're being honest, the if if the problem or the theoretical problem is that women are drawn with unrealistic body types. That's the complaint. That's a silly complaint because so are the men. Very few, if any, men actually look like what superhero men look like outside of maybe The Rock. And that's the truth. But where I do think the line is, is different, because that's you can be devil's advocate, is while the men are, are drawn with ridiculously unrealistic body types, they're not drawn with, or at least not often drawn with, like, zeroed in on their giant, you know, dicks or pelvises or whatever and you know and 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 put in ridiculous poses that they would never actually take. And and that does happen to female characters a lot, certainly. There there are there are shots of their asses all the time and, and their breasts and that sort of thing. So I so so I'm not gonna pretend that it's apples to apples. Uh, while the I while the physical body stereotype is a silly one, I think I I do think that beyond that um, women are not only drawn with unrealistic body types, but they're also drawn in ridiculous and overly sexualized poses. 
So it is a fair criticism, but but if we're being honest, it's not something that bothers us in particular. And I love cheesecake. I I I oh, same. Yeah, I mean, look, Menage Off Three has gotten David's award for best webcomic every every single year, and and it's it is a it is a cheesecake sexy. It's a titillating book, right? It's not a that that's. I don't think that rises to the level of soft core porn because there isn't well, sex. Yeah. No, but there's depicted, but there's but no penetration depicted. That's see, well, I that's think not that's tough. no, and that's that's that hardcore is obviously penetration. If if you're showing, if if you're showing someone, um, if if you're giving the impression that someone is going down. On mm-hmm. another character, if if someone is um, giving someone a hand job under the covers, that's that's porn. Whether you want to deem it soft or hard, that that's up to you. But it's that that I would consider porn. I don't I don't think I don't know if I would say Menage Three is a porn comic, but mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. doesn't leave much up to the imagination. There, Giselle and Dave are basically. Telling you what's showing you what what's what's happening. So, right. um, it is definitely and 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 the 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 collections are are rated uh, older teen sixteen plus. Now I don't know um, since since the strip is made in Canada. I don't know if that's different than if it would be you know, rated teen plus in the U.S. Uh, but um, I, I'm a fan of the strip, not so much because of the actions of the characters in it, but because of how Giselle draws the characters, and 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 it is a very right, right. sexy strip, and and I I love mm-hmm. drawings of I I will, I'm a big fan of well drawn ladies, whether that's by Frank Cho, whether that's by Milo Minaro, whether that's by Terry Dotson or Adam Hughes, I. I know what my eye likes, whether or not those are generally well-told stories with those drawings. That's either here nor there. But if, if I see a character drawn, if, if, if I see a Time Walker drawn by Clayton Henry, then and you know, she's she looked good in in the original series, in, in the Van Lenthe Evar Time Walker series, when she was introduced, and, and that hasn't changed. So it's... It's a good-looking picture. I, I don't, um, I don't disagree with with. I, I I appreciate the angle that that the panel is is shown, but uh, I, I'm not really going to. I'm I'm more like Vince, where it's I, I recognize that it's a drawing, and and drawings can evoke certain feelings and emotions. I, I it's you know, I. I can't bring myself to read We Three because of how quietly is going to how he draws those animals, and and there's definitely a feeling I'm going to get from. I know it's just a story, and I know they're just drawings or lines on paper, but he does such a good job that it's going to make me feel something, and and I'm not right, really right. going to put myself through it. So um, I recognize that it's art, but it's still it doesn't it, it's. I'm more like Vince than anything else when it comes to, to, to how I'm going to describe or explain or define what I see on a page. Mm-hmm. 
And just to give uh, Giselle a, a tip of the hat, there's a lot of different body types. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Big answer. I mean, it's yeah. Didi would be the 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 mainstream Marvel DC standard body type, but you have a, a lot of different um, yeah. forms in that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's it's not a pleasant conversation because it uh, well it is pleasant, but it's it's it taxes me because it makes me think in in realms I don't usually like. What is this drawing? Well, it, it it's something that makes me happy. Yeah, but what is it beyond that? Is it a is it a depiction? Is it an unrealistic depiction of a body type? Maybe. Is that wrong? No. Not really. I mean, it's it's I, I, again it is is all of of womanhood impacted negatively by the depiction of of Wonder Woman in, in her comics? I don't think so. Well, a, a perfect reflection on this is um, the interview you did with uh, with our boy about Deanna, right? Right, right. I mean, that is that is pornographic. It is, and it is over, and and it is ridiculously exaggerated anatomy. But but he, you know, um, uh, Will says in the in the interview, he loves women. And he he sure. he's bothered by the criticism that he's misogynistic or uh, or sexist, and that he in his mind he's always been celebrating in an, in an admittedly exaggerated way the female form because he worships it and he loves it and he's obsessive over it and he like you said he loves right. he loves booties and he loves breasts and it's just probably too much he just he can't ever you know it's 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 always top of mind and so. Um, I take that for truth, or, or look at a guy like like Steve Mannion. I mean, exactly. Uh, yep. I mean, Man- Mannion is is a loving. He's in person. He's a quiet dude. He's a, a happily married man with a beautiful young daughter. He seems extremely gentle and uh, a peaceful dude. Um, but his his ingenue, his his muse, is a hyper hyper curvy heroin with big breasts that with nipples that stick out of every outfit and a giant ass that's fitting up a, a stripper but but i don't think it speaks to the man in a bad way right but root we met but root at heroes but root is is the king of of the cheesecake he's the living embodiment of cheesecake art and he's got a lovely Older, you know, he's an older gentleman. He's got a lovely older woman wife that is his partner and sits with him and runs his business and and you know what I mean. And like she's a a normal woman and uh, you know, I say normal like she's just a an, an average nice old woman that's like you know that that he he's in love with and and uh, or um what's the older gentleman's name that we always see at the cons that used to draw the. Uh, the Playboy books, uh, Den- uh, Doug Snade, Doug yes. Snade, his yeah, wife, yeah. right? Same thing. I mean, Doug's spent fifty years drawing sexy naked women for in cartoons, and and his wife is his biggest champion. She runs his business. She's pimping those pages harder than than Felix pimps the Felix comic art guys, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like it's it's. Yep. I, I think we we. 
I think our listeners are probably preaching to the converted here. I, I don't I don't think our listeners would not hold this opinion, but but it's entirely possible to express oneself creatively, artistically, uh, in any medium, whether it be prose or song or painting or photography, and celebrate or even exaggerate sexuality and not be uh, not take it to the negative and not be about because someone hates something or misunderstands something. It could be just the right. opposite. It's, with, it's when they take it and apply it to all that really starts to bug Sure. Me. That, sure. that that this body type is a representation of all women. It's no, it's sure. not. It's just just one here. But I mean, there's a lot of different gray. There's a, there's gray areas in this thing. Like a um, so uh, the late Barry Blair, David knows who I'm talking about. Um, the the he did Elf Lord and and Leather mm-hmm. and Lace. Mm-hmm. He had a a tendency to over sexualize young men. In his books, like when you, uh, Jason, I only caught part of it when we were talking about the depiction of the male anatomy, and, and you said, "Well, they don't focus on certain areas; they just, you know, it's it's all biceps and and triceps, you know, the muscle parts of it." Barry Blair kind of did focus on okay mm-hmm. in, in his books. Now, again, doesn't hurt anybody. There, there are no children harmed in the making of this comic, but where where is that leading? You know, mm-hmm. when, when, when you get that, that kind of approach. I think it's just as valid as the other ones, even though it's an unpleasant um, area in which to tread. I mean, if that's the way the guy wanted to work out his his demons, and you know, I'm all for it. But, right, right. Uh, you know, there, there's the ones that celebrate, and there's the ones that kind of go in and into, like, really disturbing ter- territories. But there's room for all of that. And uh, one, where was I going? Oh, the thing that bugs me the most is when they claim that the uh, the work, because it's intended to arouse and to titillate, that aesthetics are sacrificed because of mm-hmm. the, the the intended goal. And that's that's what bothers me because I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think you you need to sacrifice aesthetics in order to titillate i mean just look at the work of tinto brass right and and all these these great filmmakers and milo manara there is no yeah I, I made quality. that i mean yeah i made that point to uh I, I said manara in the um in the discussion in the group exactly like even uh, that spider woman cover um was it demeaning ah no more so than than a lot of the covers we've seen in the past but um a lot of people a lot of a lot of people thought it was, but I just thought it was a great drawing. You know, yeah, and then agreed. you have people coming out saying a, a real woman could not bend this way. Well, it's not a real woman; mm-hmm. it's a drawing. So people forget that it's it's not it's not a a uh, um, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. It's not a, a statement on all women. It's a drawing. It's not a statement on all men or all children. These are just basically drawings, and people th- forget that fact, that they're they're not real people, and they're yeah, not intended yeah. to be real people. They're just drawings. Like, if, Why do we get so uptight about these, these things? It's just, it's, it does not happen in Europe. It really doesn't. That is true. And, and, and of course, not Japan, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. 
That was, that was uh, good. Me too. Yeah. So, so you're saying we? Yeah, I guess we're we're running along. We can't talk about comics. No, we don't have enough time. But we ha- we can do something neat and different for in your travels. Okay. Right, Dap? I no, we can't because Jason. Has no, we can. Oh, we, we can. If you you guys, it'll be like ordering at a restaurant where the there's one person that's not quite sure what they're going to do. Okay, All right. so the other people go. So you guys go. You set it up, and by the time it's my turn, I will hopefully have some things. So that is so perfect. That is because that, that's yes. That that's well. That's that's me. Whenever I'll we have go the out. tuna, I'll just I usually everybody. Oh, you already okay? And like if I'm if there's three or four of us and I haven't decided by the time I get to go, everybody else is already gone. I'll have figured out. I know exactly what Jason's saying. Okay. Um, it is. About that time for our next theme episode. Um, And I believe the next theme episode after this one will be chosen by patrons, right? Because I think you said quarterly. So, um, it's providing the timing works out. So, uh, for this go around, um, Jason had the wonderful idea, which is only fitting that he has it made up his mind yet (laughs) but uh jason had the amazing idea that uh we each for the other two pick something for them to read that you'd consider to be generally out of their comfort zone um nice and uh and i i kind of i think we're going to go in order of 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 the intros and the in your travels since uh why break tradition but uh i thought it was a wonderful idea um i pretty much knew what i was going to give to vince pretty much right away um but uh jason's i think i was going to wait to see what vince picked for him because i didn't want to interesting yeah because if if he goes one way i want to make sure that i don't I, I don't need you to double up on that. So um, I have options for you. It just will determine on what um, he picks for you. So with that said, and without okay. further ado, take it away. Well, I'm not going to go with what I originally planned oh. for Jason. Because, you know, it would cost you about 50 bucks. Because <laughs> these things, oh. these, yeah, these things are not available digitally. Okay. You, you have to buy physical copies of these things directly from the publisher. I, I, I got them. I'll, I'll just use it as a springboard in order to, to, mm-hmm. to plug these things because I think they're doing amazing stuff. Okay. I The day we left for vacation, um, I got, uh, the previous day, I got a, uh, one of those cards saying that, you know, you have a package waiting for you at the post office that needs a signature. Come on down and get it. So I didn't want to leave it at the post office over the course of my vacation. So the morning that we left, I ran down to the post office and got, and got it. Long story short, it was the uh, a big box of books from Eben Press, the ones that are doing the Fulci comics. And I'm like, oh, I should make Jason read these because it's L- Lucio Fulci's zombie adapted in comic form. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it would cost you about 50 bucks okay. for the four issues. So I'm like, nah, I won't do that. What I want you to read is I want you to read Something from the golden age of comics. I don't care what it is. Anything you want to read. Oh, so you're given choice. Okay. Yeah, that was not published by Marvel or DC. 
or any of their incarnations. I like it. Yes. I like it. Okay. And, and for Dap, who I think is the harder of the two to pick because Dap tiptoes out of his comfort zone all the time. But, I mean, if I, I wanted to be a real jerk, I could have said, well, I want you to read We Three or Beast of Burden. But I I'm actually not thought do- about We Three and then I thought, nah, that's just cruel. <laughs> no, it is cruel because in order for him to push him out, yeah. you have to make him read something he really doesn't want to read. <laughs> right, right, right. But, and then I was thinking, so whenever I talk about weird love from Yo books, Dap, I mean, he contributes, but he, he doesn't, he never gives me any, like, oh, that sounds like it would be fun or anything. So I'm thinking he, he could read uh, an issue of Weird Love. Mm-hmm. And, and and I would be be very happy. I gotta say, I'm really surprised. By the way, before that, you didn't pick something like, like by like Pete Bag or something like that for me, or like Crumb. Yeah, no, I'm no, I I, I don't want to cause you pain. I no, see, I don't I, see. No, no, no. See, yeah, that's I, I. I guess I'm looking at this differently. I don't think that either of those would kind of causing me pain at all. I think it would have forced me to experience something that I have avoided but would probably enjoy but but well, this is it, your it, choice was good as case, well though so yeah in that case you would have to go out and buy stuff you know like especially for the crumb you would you would need to go out and buy it because i don't have enough time to get it to you like my i would mm-hmm. gladly let you my stuff but i don't have time to get it to you in time for the episode so you being you would go out and buy it i don't like, nah, you you have to have some golden age stuff that you mm-hmm. haven't read you know so We'll make it easy for this first one. Next one, maybe I'll I'll, I'll spin it around. Okay. What am I going to read? All right. So for Vince, I um, I. Strange in Paradise. I'm sorry. What? In Paradise. Oh no! See, that would be well. That's a you. No, (laughs) no, it's not. Um. It's not it, it it's it's not really because um, you're familiar with the character, but it's really not something really in your wheelhouse. But I'm hoping um, because of the writer, and I haven't read it myself yet, but I've been meaning to. Uh, so it is from Dynamite Entertainment. Ooh, well, let's not get carried away. Uh, it is the um, it is the storyline from the James Bond series Hammerhead. Oh, <laughs> I told you don't get excited. Ooh, I love it's it. it's written by Andy Diggle, okay. so I'm hoping that oh, um, all right, that, right, that which is why I, I went like with Diggle, that. right, exactly. Um, but I haven't read it yet either, so we're both going to be able to we're going to see it with with. We're gonna go in as versions with it. So, um, but you know, you you enjoyed Skyfall, and and yes. uh, so I figured, um, and you did mention, you know, like because of of Brubaker, you know, the noir stuff, the whole criminal thing that that's wasn't really your bag. So, um, since you're not keen it's, on espionage, um, yeah, it's becoming more my bag every day, right? So it wasn't, I, I mean, it, it was, it was one of the things, it was pretty much the first thing that came to mind. I was just trying to find, because Jason and I did read the first issue 
of the Dynamite Bond series that, that Ellis wrote, um, and we weren't really feeling it. So I didn't want to kind of go back to that, um, because I believe he wrote the first 12 issues of that volume, uh, but this seems to be either... Um, I don't know if this is a new series, because the, the trade's available, so I don't know if this was a new series or a continuation of that volume, but I figured once Diggle came on, uh, it might be um, worth checking out. So that is for, um, for Vince. And uh, for Jason... Uh, see, I, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking you were going to do for him. Um, no, I, I I love him too much. Now, <laughs> I and yeah, and because I I know how he would hate me. I, I, I know how how quiet um, he gets when I usually talk about this franchise, and I know how quiet he got when we you and I both talked about. Are you going Star Trek on my ass? I, I am not going Star Trek on your ass. Oh. I was going to suggest some old gold key Star Trek. Oh, um, okay. But but yeah. like Vince said. Um, I didn't want, I, I, the idea is to, we want, I, I, the way I look at it is I still want us to kind of enjoy what we're reading, even though it may not be something Agreed. that we'd yeah, pick yeah. at. That's kind of where I was going previews. with, not something right. that we would, like as punishment, but something that we were forcing them to read because they would no, never be to the, t- it would never make the top of your own Regina pile, even if you're kind of interested in it. Yes. Okay. Um, so Vince, since, since Vince gave you the, um, the golden age stuff i'm going to not stick with the um i i was looking at um something superman related whether it was going to be superman batman generations drawn by john Mm -hmm. byrne or even the superman tarzan um drawn by Meglia, which is something we could probably the three of us could read any or Vince could reread it, yeah. but I mean I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's something we could probably even read or make it a book at a month. We'll we'll get to it eventually. But I think for this, um because you are enjoying the new take on these characters, um, or at least the current uh versions of them, I I'm thinking either one of these three Valiant Masters. Okay. The first volume of Bloodshot, the first volume of Ninjak, or the first volume of Exo Manowar. And you mean the old school version? Yes, the old, old value. Ah. Stuff. You're giving me the choice. What's it you both gave me the choice of something? It is. It is. I was because hmm. we're we're currently all enjoying Exo Manowar. Um, and this might give you a little bit more insight if you went that route. I think, and because you haven't really read any Ninjak yet, and I know that's something Vince wants you to read. I don't know if you reading the first version of it would um, taint any version you're going to read now. Um, and I kind of like the Bloodshot of the time. What's the issues uh, included in the Bloodshot? Is like 1 to 9, 1 to 10? Something like that. Yeah, it's just, it is... It's, well, he'll it's, get... He'll get Ninjak through Bloodshot then, because Bloodshot true. or Ninjak was introduced in Bloodshot. Um. So what do you think? Ninjak XO or Bloodshot? I'm not really. I'm gonna. Exo. I'm gonna go with um, Ninjak. Cool. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, you think I'm making the bad choice, Vince? That could... uh, out of those three? Well, yeah. well, because it's the character I know the least about is why. I... Okay, that's cool. No, hey, it's it's OA Valiant or OG Valiant, so you you really can't go wrong. Yeah, okay. in in this collection is issue zero, double zero, and then one yeah. through six. Okay, well, that's not bad. No, and yeah, that that's first that 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 first that I really like. Quesada's work on um, Quesada looked great on the um, on the old yeah. Valiant stuff, but and and for for perspective, the um, what do we say? The Bloodshot, Bloodshot is issues one through eight. All right, so you don't get the ninja then. And what I liked about I... the Bloodshot stuff was mm-hmm. that uh, Don Perlin is one of the uh, artists on it, too, who we yeah. know back from the day with the Defenders and stuff like that, but. Okay, okay, so we got we got uh, Ninjak for you. Cool. One of the reasons I picked Ninjak is that uh, I remember in an episode of a show called Bullpen Bulletins, <laughs> you guys waxing philosophically about Casada on Ninjak. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a good look for him. Yeah. So, okay, um, I am ready to order. I'm ready to place my order. Uh, I since I love. Since one of my favorite categories in our 11 O'Clockers every year is graphic novel. And I do feel as though um, it's fair to say that I, in a typical year, read more OGNs than you two do. Yeah, we dropped the ball in that category every year. So in honor of that, I'm going to have you each read an OGN that I'm pretty sure you haven't read that I think is amazing and I think is a bit out of your comfort zones. Okay. Right? Okay. Vince, I know you have read a tremendous amount of the catalog from Top Shelf. That yes, is correct. Ma'am. Yes, yes. But I don't think you've read this, and this is a former winner of the Eisners for Best, gra- for breast, for mm. best Graphic Novel. I am talking about Mr. Nate Powell's Swallow Me Whole. Have you read it? Yeah, I have it. But you have have you read it? Or did wait, I may have I actually may have given that in the gift exchange box. Okay. Well I have it. So I haven't read it, but I did re I did re gift it. Oh okay. So yes, you are you are absolutely correct that it is out of my comfort zone because I I don't gift it away. Well I want you to read it because uh, I think it's amazing and uh, and it is out of your comfort zone, but I don't think it's gonna be punishment for you. Okay. So, by Nate Powell, Swallow Me Whole. Eisner Award for Best Graphic Novel. Uh, by the way, dude, Nate Powell has won a lot of Eisners. Did y'all realize? Like, because he, yeah. he's, he's been winning those those last few for March as well. Um, mm-hmm. Dap. Similarly, Graphic Novel. Um, this was uh, one of the best, was nominated as one of the best books of the year by Publishers Weekly when it came out. Uh, this is a book that I did speak on when it was recommended to us three years ago uh, by Mr. Fabian Vellman with art by Karaskot and Helge Dasher. Beautiful Darkness. I remember you talking about this. Ooh, you did speak nice. on it. And I've yes, been meaning is, to get this for the longest time. There you go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it your way. 
since I have it and you can read it, but uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because uh, I, this was this was one of those drop the mic books, and uh, neither of you fucks ever bothered reading it, so I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna make you. It's gotta be gotta be uh, nasty to it. I gotta take it take it there. Yeah, it's okay. All right, beautiful. We'll digger next time. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna give me, dude. I thought you were gonna give me Fathom or Gold Digger or something like I'm that. I'm not that hateful, my man. I wouldn't do it's that. It's not about hate. I know, it's but about you. I know you wouldn't enjoy it. Love. Okay. Yes, you will. I. You did sample Gold Digger, and you're like, dude, baffling. Don't. Yeah, no, that. that's true. Gold Digger, I couldn't. I can't have that. <laughs> Vince, what did you um before we sign off? What did you think of the? News about Todd doing an R-rated Spawn movie. <sighs> I can see by your your sighing pause that said speaks volumes. My faith in Mister McFarlane has diminished in in the past like five years. I I while I believe the character is uh, will always be near and dear to his heart, I. Also believe that ultimately he really doesn't give a shit because mm-hmm. if he if he cared about Spawn he would make sure he's got he has the resources to put pretty much anyone he wants on that book mm-hmm. and look at the the quality of of Spawn over the like he just doesn't care like John Boy was a step in the right direction but then after John Boy left it's like oh we'll get Simon Kudransky back on it and make the book look like shit for another year mm-hmm. um, he just doesn't care about spawn i don't i don't think i see it's a catch-22 he does care but not enough to really change the book significantly and i i think the the, the animated thing's gonna be more of the same i think he's like jim lee he's gonna tell us what we want to hear but the final product is going to be nothing to which we're not used to mm-hmm. not excited i'm really not he, okay. he has to I mean, we, we, uh, Ed and I took a look at Jason Sean Alexander's first issue of Spawn today. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this is, this is not going to win over. I mean, the art's fine. It's not going to win over anybody. And it, Spawn's just going to keep selling 4,000 copies a month or whatever it sells for, eight, whatever. Right. That's that's that should be his baby. He he should be looking to put some some like major freaking talent on that book, and he just doesn't yeah. for whatever reason. He just keeps it languishing in in the on it. it what well, is it even in the top one hundred? It used to be the diamond number I don't one think book. So at least the top ten book in diamond for a, a decade, right, or close to it. I mean, it mm-hmm. was. Every month, Spawn was like knocking them dead, and uh, look at look at all the top talent that came out of that book, Capullo, um, and, and and company. So it's just it's a sore spot with me. I, mm-hmm. I, I just think he's just like the the Jim Lee thing. It's just lip service. He's right. going to find animators that are going to do it as cheaply as they possibly can, just like his toys, and and we're going to get what we get. Okay. Sorry, I, I, I. No, man. I wanted to be. I wanted to be honest. Yeah. I love him, but I, I just think he's past. He's over spot now. He's done. Right. Doing. He's doing it out of inertia. Mm-hmm. Not Eric, who's actually trying to do something different with his book, and 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 keep it fun and lively and interesting and and aesthetically pleasing. He's just Todd's. Just like, yep, yeah, got to get another issue of Spawn out. Okay, mm-hmm. what we got. Yeah. 
this Kudransky gets stuff done on time, put him on it. <laughs> it's good this morning, universe. Your totes adorbs. Sorry. <sighs> well, there you have it. Yeah. There you go. Now, a, a strange episode of, of 11 O'Clock Comics. Uh, <laughs> well, fitting. Uh, hope you the book of the month. Yeah. Hope you uh, enjoyed it. Um, do us a favor and stop by our, our Patreon site. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash 11 O'Clock Comics. Did I get that right? You did, and we have a couple shout-outs real quick. We do. Do them. Uh, we have Juan Ramirez. We have a good long-standing friend of the show, Mr. Jeff Douglas. Whoop, whoop. Nice. And uh, as of today, Mr. Uh, who, well, because I noticed the notifications that uh, he upgraded his pledge, Mr. James Standing. What, what? Ooh. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's Thank awesome. you, sir. Yes, we are marching along to our next tier, which, Vince, let's see if you get it right this week because you got it wrong last week. What is our next goal? Our next goal is two or more extra episodes a month. Yes, that's right. And I, I can't wait. Yes. In I addition, would love to do, I, know like to do, I know you would. Uh, in addition to the, um, as David, next month, uh, we will set everything up because it will be the three months in and that will allow the patrons uh, at the new gods and above level will get to decide on a specialty episode they pick the theme we do a show on it simple stuff and uh, they get to duke it out amongst themselves and come to a consensus like a jury and then tell us and we will speak on it it's like the jury of Um, peers on Ink Master Exactly. Yeah, you got to be ready for that. Like, if they all decide, you know, behind the scenes, say, "Hey, let's." Like, we keep hearing about this gold digger thing. But what, what's <laughs> up with that? If they they want to do a gold digger episode. They're going to get it. Absolutely. Well, one of the things being debated right now amongst those patrons is an all business episode. Which I know you would want to bludgeon yourself. So, turnabout's fair play, my friend. That is true. Oh, you know, Did no, I vacation this week. Uh, <laughs> 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 I can't make it that weekend. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so that's coming up. Also, um, we will this week. We got to really get on this because it's twenty-seven. Uh, this week, we will post details about the first of our monthly live hangouts. Yes, where we will oh, nice. set an hour or two aside. The three of us will be on video. David, that means you will need to wear a shirt. I might wear a shirt, and you'll need to wear a shirt. And we will uh, we will chat it up with y'all about uh, whatever the heck you want to chat about. Um, I think we have the technology uh, requirements figured out. We need to do a test run uh, just to make sure it all works. And then assuming it does, we will post the details and get that on the schedule. And, uh, and yeah, and then um, I guess uh, last but not least, please remember to uh, check out our merch over at Threadless. So it would be uh, the same, 11 o'clock comics, all one word dot threadless.com and it'll bring you to our store we have so many options and we just uh we just saw uh, one of our one of our crew showed off their eoc shirt which he said was a uh, a belated father's day gift from his kids nice which was super cool was that uh was that ricardo ricardo no. Karin? was that no. who was that 
Facebook and find out. I cannot. You know what? You know what we should do. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a lot of what the vinyl toy collectors will do, they'll, they'll take a favorite piece mm-hmm. and say they go to Tokyo. They they get a picture of them holding, right. or they'll go to Germany and say, "Let's see how many different locations we can get images of people wearing 11 o'clock comics," and we'll just put it. the little red, the little red pin on the map and. And we'll 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 see how many different continents we can populate with eleven o'clock comics. Right. And by the way, the person who was actually Vishal Rajani. Yes, I just said yes. I would have and looked he picked it up. A nice uh, one. He picked the gray, black, and white. I, I like that. that. I might have to yeah. get that one myself. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. It's nice. It's exactly right. Yeah. The this this surface is a piece of poop. So mm. I, I well, speaking look. of pieces of poop, Vince, what's your in your travels? We just did it. Oh, we we're only doing it. that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I will say, no, no, I'll, I'll give, I'll give one in your travels. Um, I read for this episode, oddly enough, twenty extra books. Wow. I read two two thousand AD Prague's twenty twenty to twenty forty. God damn, that's a so, lot of reading. Yeah, I, and you must be on I'll vacation you, or something. I am on vacation. It is a very sweet spot. Uh, a current sweet spot in 2080. So I would like to speak on it next week. So if you haven't read Not next week, uh, your 2080, what was that? Not next week. Why? Hashtag special guest. Oh, hashtag. I forgot. Um, I would <laughs> like, to, I would like to talk about these soon. So <laughs> if, if you do, we might have to do uh, a bonus. Episode no, no, no talk comics. Not, not next week. I thought you said the ninth. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, then we can speak on it next week. Perfect. All right. <laughs> I'm going to read. I, I've read a bunch of 2080, and I'm going to talk about them next episode. So if you're behind, get on it, because this was a very uh, aesthetically pleasing, beautiful run with a lot of great serials uh, in it. And, so I want to talk. And you know what? And, and because I love you. I was I was going to surprise you and let you know that I read twenty twenty four through twenty. Oh my lord! Oh, you read Harvey? I read Harvey. Wasn't it great? We'll talk about it next week, won't we? Oh, Ooh. I think it was one of those stories that you know someone says, "Hey, Spider Man, okay, Lonely Place of Dying, uh, Death of Gene DeWolf, right?" You get the, you you instantly think of those. Great Spider-Man stories. Harvey is a great Judge Dredd story. But you'll tell me what you felt next time. By the way, you guys are right, the ninth. So we have special guest on the ninth, people. So, Raph, that means you can take that week off. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, in your travels, I'll just say um, I enjoyed the uh, the heck out of... Super Sons number six. It was um, mm-hmm. a return of uh, Isra Jimenez on art. It is a um, great little family moment of Lois packing John a super snack because he's going out patrolling with Damien. Uh, he has a curfew and um, they stop some jaywalkers and they rescue uh, cats out of trees. And uh, Jonathan meets the Teen Titans. And someone can tell me if Starfire is a teen. 
because I, I in this new 52 rebirth world I don't know but the um, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's Damien being a dick and uh, they're going up against the Teen Titans go up against a um, a rather uh, a villain who can hold his own and the end of the um, the end of the issue is uh, pretty freaky. So um, I, I uh, yeah, I, it's I, if if there were no words, for, uh, there were no word balloons on these pages, I I wouldn't be upset. I I love looking at Amenis's line work. Um, the colors are great too, but it, it's a um, it's a beautiful looking book. The addition of the Titans is not a uh, it's not a detriment to the story. It doesn't take away from what um, what Tomasi is uh, is doing with the two main characters. It's um, there was there's it, it almost kind of like a, a puppet master type vibe on the first page with this villain creating um, sculptures from the mud of a dead multiverse. So it's it's. Uh, it's pretty spiffy story, so that's my. I, I, we've talked about Super Sons in the past. I'm still digging it. it. It's one of the things that I read, aside from Planetary, uh, last week. So it's um, what I got for you this week. Nice. Uh, in in your travels, I'm just going to shout out some things that I want y'all to support if you haven't, and uh, that would be some of the peeps and and. Uh, Comics that won Eisner Awards, because they happened this past weekend at uh, San Diego. Uh, first, I want to shout out the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame inductees. Many of these uh, people are near and dear to our hearts. You've got the Brothers Hernandez, got mm-hmm. Mr. Per- Mr. George Perez, you got Walt Simonson, and Mr. Jim Starlin. You've also got the judges' choices of Milt Gross. H.G. Peter, Antonio Prohius, Spy vs. Spy, what up? Uh, and Dory Seda. So props to them. Um, wow. A number of books that we praised and adored took home some uh, some trophies, uh, including uh, The Art of Charlie Chan Hak Chi by Sonny Liu. Of course. of course, yeah. Of course, right? You knew at the moment you read it. Um, that... Uh, that won the uh, best U.S. edition of International Material. Sonny won the best writer-artist, and it also won for best design. So, uh, all well-deserved. Um, Shout-out to Matt Wilson, who we met at Heroes, for winning best colorist. He has been the Susan Lucci of this award. Yeah. I believe this was his sixth, if not seventh, nomination, and had previously never won the award, so that's super dope. Um the Saga crew won a shit ton of awards again. Saga won for Best Comic. Fiona Staples won for Best Artist and Best Cover Artist. And BKV won for Best Writer. Um, so that's that's that, that book is, is stacking up the awards at this point. Very happy. And actually, I just received the third volume of this, so I'll be talking about it soon. But the first volume received the award for Best Graphic Album Reprint, and that was Demon by Mr. Jason Shiga. Love that book. Nice. Um, we need to throw some love to Black Hammer by Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston 
for best new series and something that uh, I hope we get Jeff on soon. But in Jeff's speech to accept the award, he announced, and I don't believe this was public before, that Dean had a stroke after the first issue. Oh. And recovered and is still doing the book. So that is remarkable. I, I, I can't fathom how that played out. Uh, best limited series, Vince, if you had to guess what it was, it was the one that everyone thought would win and it did. Vince? Tell me. The Vision. Oh, nice. Good going, Vision. Tom. By our boy Tom King. Tom won not just one, but two Eisner Awards. So his head will not fit through the door when we see him next time. He won for Best Limited Series. He also won for Best Short Story for Good Boy in Batman Annual Number 1. Oh, I, I like that story. Yeah. There were a bunch of other winners, but those were the ones that were close to home. So I wanted to just give them uh, a bit of the love. And uh, and I guess my, I'll leave you with my, my favorite announcement uh, from... San Diego was the announcement of Ed Pisker being given the green light to redo the X-Men mythos. Yes. <laughs> He's going to write, draw, edit, color, letter, everything. His, his version of X-Men continuity from issues 1 through, I believe, 250. 280. Or 280. 280, right? Yeah, 280. So that is something special. Dude's a machine. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Guaranteed. Ah, guaranteed. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us once again. David, you want to do this part? No, nah, man. It's all you. We'll switch. All right. Um, come to our Facebook page. Uh, find us on the Twitter. Go to our website, 11oclockcomics.com. In the meantime, because you know he's going to get all busted up. Now, this part I'll do for you. Okay. I thought, uh, you wanted, I thought you wanted me to do He's the, like, I didn't ask you to do this part. No, I thought I thought you were going to say the sponsor spot, but... I'll, oh, I did not say it. Oh, let me... So you do it. that, and then I'll... Go ahead. All right. Uh, um, yes, as always, this episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Remember, last time you're going to hear them. From Fanagraphics, the Now Anthology, first issue coming out, will cost you $4.99. That's half price. Dark Horse is serving up the Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Aliens. Splice and Dice trade paperback. $17.99 cover price. Your price? What? $8.99. And from Valiant. Do we really need to tell you to read this? Bloodshot Salvation, number one, by Jeff Lemire. Louis LaRosa, Miko Swai, and Kenneth Roca for $3.99 cover price. Your price? $1.99. Folks, nice. DCBService.com. Get there. Uh, we did your inner travels. David's going to take it away now. So, to make sure that um, he comes back to produce the show next week so you can tell us all how uh, a horrible job I did. And you're so happy to oh come back next goodness. week. Uh so don't 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 make him sad or anything um and we want you to come back soon vince we miss you so yes likewise you're a dick vince i'm not gonna get that say good night
Covens. <laughs> Wasn't even close. We'll get you, you have back. some magic. You'll, you'll, you'll do better next week. You got some magic stuff going on on your end because that's a it's a bear. After after like four or five seconds, it becomes a bear. Because you're wearing a shirt. I'm trying to I'm trying to trying to tap, and, and you know. <laughs> but so, yeah, and I didn't I didn't get to say you know you're a dick, so it's it's all good. It ain't easy. It's, it ain't easy, my friend. You do it every time. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. Yep. Thanks for listening, folks. Send uh, your hate mail to. Um, <laughs> As I say, I fanboy, but I don't want to do that to them. So, be good, everybody. Bye.